I was that covered in that much blood and just body bits and that. They thought I was a casualty. There was a guy um, on top of the gun and his jaw was missing like from the explosion. I'd been tasked with getting the driver out of the seat. And I'd gone up to the seat and the explosion had pushed all the metal in. His legs were all bent ways they shouldn't be bending. Like, I was trapped in my own mind almost. Like I felt like my life was in autopilot and I knew all these things I wanted to do but I just didn't know how to even start them. I had all the symptoms of depression and anxiety not just on tour, I mean just through my life, man. Like, the times where I just want to get out of bed because I've abstained from watching porn for nearly two years now. And it had such, my mental health has never been so good. This was a thing you can change pretty much immediately that has a great effect. I didn't think people would be so passionate about defending porn, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
So I was going through school. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't very academic. I couldn't hold my attention much in class. And then everyone was going off to uni and I thought, that's, if I go to, something can Simon just said, if I went to uni, I'm just going to party, I'm going to mess about and nothing good's going to come of it. At the same time, I was hanging around the wrong people and doing things I probably shouldn't have been. And then seeing people in my family, um, like a family member is in prison. And I just, something said, I need to get away from this situation um, as soon as possible and as drastically as possible. So I'm not like patriotic. I just joined the military. Um, and how it actually happened was a plumber come around the house and uh, he was talking to my mum about his son who was in the military. And my mum was stood there and she was like, wow, you must be so proud. I was 17 at the time. And I stood there in the kitchen thinking, I could do that. Do you know what I mean? Because um, I was full of attitude when I was younger, man. Uh, I've leveled out a little bit now. But, uh, and then he challenged me. He was like, why don't you then? I was like, I would. And he's like, okay, I've got a day off next week. I'll come pick you up. I'll take to the Armed Forces Career Office. And I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, sound. And mum was like, do you understand what you're agreeing to here? And I was like, uh, I was just being stubborn, man. I was thinking he ain't going to turn up. Do you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So next week come and then boom, 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 mum's knocked on my door. Get up. Because I was sleeping late these times. He's here. And I was like, oh, shit. And uh, he turned up, man. He took me to the arm. And I was too, one thing about me is like, once I, I'm like a man of my word. Once I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, so I got in his van. He drove me into town, went into Armed Forces Career Office, signed up. To go back to the where the Red X come from. So fast forward four years. So I've done four years in the military. I realised it wasn't for me. Um, and when I was coming out, I told, I broke it to my family. And my nan in particular was really upset because I was the first person in my family that to be proud of. Someone with a career. I was the golden child. I mean, I was only like 70.5k a year, but it was a career. At least I wasn't going to end up on the street. At least I wasn't oh, going to okay. do something stupid. Um, and it broke her heart when I told her I was going to leave. And then, but I knew there was something inside of me. I had more to offer the world. And I knew, I was like, Nan, look, everything's going to be fine, man. This is the right decision. It's going to, it's going to work out. And then when I left, or in the process of leaving, I used to get into a lot of trouble towards the end. So in the military, if you do something silly, like get into a fight or, I don't know, you're late or whatever, you get put on a charge where they take the wages, they take privileges off you, like going home on the weekends. I hadn't seen my nan for a little while and we'd arranged like a family meal for me to go see her. Yeah. And I got into an altercation with a superior, which is just like the stupidest thing you can do. Okay. So I was um, facing charges and they took my weekends off me. And so I missed that family meal. And then a week later, my nan unexpectedly passed away. And that was my first like real heartache. That was my first losing someone I deeply cared about, deeply loved. Um, all the things I'd done up until this point, I was 23 years old, going to Afghanistan, the things I'd seen, nothing matched the pain that I felt when I lost my nan. And I'd come home on leave for it. Well, I can't I actually went AWOL um, because a grandparent doesn't count as immediate family. So you don't get leave for that. But I said, oh, yeah. oh stop me. You know what I mean? I got in my car and I, I drove back to Brum. And I remember I was just, just hurting and I've never really been good with processing emotion at that point in my life. Yeah. And I remember like racing home and they'd already took her in the ambulance and I went to, and I was obviously crying on the way home. But then when I went to go see her in the, the brought out in the morgue and I was by myself, from that day onward, I just never got upset about it. Like I never uh, cried. However, I was left with this feeling of my nan died thinking I was going to be a loser. And that's what I told myself. Like That's what I genuinely believe. Like, because I wanted to prove to her it's the right decision. She was t- saying, no, don't do it. Um, 
and that's what I carried with me for a long time. And what happened was my tattooist, I just had a session booked with him anyway from before. Yeah. And I went in and I scrapped the idea. I think I was going to get like a, I don't know, Chinese symbol or something on me <laughs> <Yeah>. somewhere, <laughs> a tribal maybe or so, I don't know. Um, and I was just like, I'm hurting, man. Like I've got this pain. I don't know what to do with it. And I said, it's like next to my heart. And I said, uh, I just popped into my head. I said, I want to get this scar next to my heart to represent the pain I'm feeling. Wow. And uh, so I don't want it on my heart because it hasn't killed me, but it okay. feels like it has. So I want it just next to it. And he was like, what? Like I'd never had any color tattoos. I don't, I've just had like black ones at the time. And he was like, no, I don't think you should do that. Like it's a bit of a random. I said, listen, bro, like I'm telling you, this is what I want. And he was like, okay, you know, it's your body kind of thing. And he stunts it up and he did it. And I was like, bigger. And he did it again. I was like, bigger. <laughs> he ended up with this big cross here. And then uh, he did it. And when he finished the tattoo, he stepped back and he went, that looks fucking sick. He goes, that's wow. that's special, that is. I looked in the mirror and like, even though it was my first colour tattoo and it was a bit like spur of the moment, I thought, that's bad. bad. I like, I really, really like it. Um, and yeah, man, it's... It's, I've had people like when I was working in nightclubs I know we jump all over my story a little bit here but when I was working in nightclubs I used to have people come up to me and go are you that guy with a red cross? Like, people didn't even know my name they just knew me of like the yeah, association yeah, yeah. to that and um, when I opened my business so in April 2021 I was obviously designing it as KB Performance I wanted it attached to my name and when I put the logo I put the cross there and if you, again, we might insert a picture of the gym, it's plastered and huge across like the windows on the, on the street. Sick. And it's to say like, look, man, I'm building it. Do you know what oh, I mean? Wow. Like it's, uh, that's it's powerful, man. Her, man. That's powerful. I, I, to be fair, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting such deep. And I, mm. I suppose that sort of acts like a reminder, doesn't it? Um, whenever you see that X, the kind of, is that what sort of where your sort of passion comes from then? Yeah. So it's funny because I, I keep like, pinching myself at the moment and thinking like where I actually am in life and a lot of the time I do go out and I just stand on the sidewalk and just look at it like I look at the symbol look at everything it stands for everything it means to me and just like yourself so many people see it and think oh that looks cool but they don't actually realise there's such deep uh, meaning to it and the thing is like I wasn't an ambitious kid like I never grew up thinking I was going to be the next Elon Musk I never okay. thought I was going to be a, a millionaire um, but what I did grow up with like I touched on earlier is people I didn't want to be like you know, I've got family members who are drug, addict, drug addicts. I've got family members who are in prison. I've got family members who are just not loyal and you can't trust them. So I was just finding my way through life with obviously no father figure as well because my dad left and I watched my mum have quite abusive boyfriends growing up. So the only thing I did have was this like wanting to be strong, like the man of the family. Um, and again, for myself, I never really had, I, I didn't think of much myself. I didn't want much. Okay. But what I did want to do and as I got older, I realized, so now my, my immediate family really is my mum, my little brother's autistic. And I have this like deep sense of, I want to protect them, I want to provide for them. You know, once I was older, I'd defend my mum. And I grew this ambition of like, no one's coming to look after us. Mm. So okay. if not me, then who? Mm. And that's where it all started coming from. And we'll, we touched on it before we started on the, before we started the podcast, you said about like, um, when I left the military is when I had the darkest period of my life. Yeah. Um, and what pulled me through that, because I couldn't get out of bed for me. I didn't give a shit about me. My self-worth was low, my self-esteem, um, but I did it for them. So in a way, they always feel like they, I do so much for them, they don't do much for me. Mm. But they did more than they ever could yeah. because they gave me the reason to get out of bed, 
to pull myself through a dark period and to now make something of myself. And now I'm fully on board with that train. It's just, I'm just going from strength to strength, building momentum. Um, and recently the, my, my self-belief has met my drive and it's, yeah. I, I think when, you, when you're at that point in love, I think you, you become unstoppable. Mm. Yeah, so we did mention it before um, the podcast, but I do want to touch on it uh, a little bit later on in regards to sort of, you know, you mentioned that you, you went into a dark, place mm-hmm. so we'll talk about a little bit about that but before we do so what were you like um so i know you talked about you was um in school mm-hmm. um and you didn't decide to go uni but were you a naughty kid i was as a child in primary school i was quite like uh attentive to stuff and i i suppose i enjoyed it but then it's only when you start getting old and you start getting influenced you start developing a personality then i don't know my attention just went elsewhere like, i couldn't focus in school and this is something I analyse by myself is I never had a friendship group. I had like a friend from each group, if that okay, makes sense. Yeah, I didn't yeah. fit into no sort of category. Like I had a friend who was the nerdy kid. I had a friend who was one of the hard knocks. I had a friend who was one of the class clowns, one of the posh kids who had all the house parties. Like That's a good thing. Well, back then it didn't feel like it because it okay. felt like I didn't fit in. And yeah, I had this earning, this like yearning to, to fit in. Got yeah, got um, And even things like I just... I all, it's like I had I felt like I was almost too good to all my friends do you know what I mean like I'd give away my, my stuff to them I'd like, it's like I'd really value friendship more so again than myself yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think that just comes from having no sort of like self-worth um, and I sort of I, I looked for that in other people so I treat my friends better than I treated myself in senior school I've always had this thing in me where in life when I don't know what to do I pick the hard route I don't know whether it was like um, a punishment thing or whether it was like a, mm. a stubbornness. But when you you know you finish primary school and you get to pick senior schools, I ended up going to Kings Nottingham Boys School um, because I remember somebody saying like, ah, oh, people it's harder there, you get higher grades there than the other options. I had like Dame Elizabeth and Bourneville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I ended up just picking that, and it was a boys school, and none of my friends was going. Like it just makes no sense. But for some reason, it was like, no, I can prove I can do that. It's like I always had this like need to prove something. Um, and yeah, and like I said, when I got there, I didn't really fit into any um, particular circle. And at the time, it seemed like there was something wrong with me. But now I feel, and I felt it again when I went to the military, I didn't fit in again. Like I, w- I wasn't like anybody there. But now I realise that's actually a good thing that I wasn't like anybody. And now it's set me on this sort of unique path now. It's kind of, it's kind of like your superpower at that point. Because, okay, so that's interesting because you said you didn't f- feel as if you fitted in anywhere. Mm. And you had this kind of sense of um that you needed to prove yourself do you think that's a that's a um like a a good thing now that the fact that you weren't able to fit in and you kind of developed your own Mm. kind of personality out of that yeah i think uh one it stopped me becoming a sheep like i just fought differently to everybody and i think um again now that pays off like it's an asset of mine Mm. and also it helped me be a chameleon of sorts like one thing I discovered as I went through life is I could be the nerd. I could mm. be the cool kid. I could be the funny kid. I could, ha- you know, speak differently with the posh kids. I could speak differently with my road friends. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's not that I wasn't being me. I just knew how to fit into my environment. Mm. Um, but at the core of me, I was always the same. Okay. You know I mean? yeah, 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 no, I got yeah. Okay, so you, you spoke about um, being in the military um, and you weren't feeling it. Mm. What what was that? Because you said you went there for four years. Yeah, so um, in the forces, for anyone that don't know, once you complete training, you have to do three years 
Okay. Um, yeah, you committed to three years once you finished training. And I went there, like, not expecting anything. Um, I was, like I said, clueless, never done cadets, never even thought about the military, never okay. crossed my mind. Like, I just went there, too stubborn to say no. So this is just like a random... Story. Yeah. And what actually happened is I went as um, a survival equipment fitter, which is kind of like to do with, like, tech on the aircraft. And when I got there and I did my aptitude test, which again, I thought I'd be rubbish at because academically I couldn't concentrate. If like, if you give me an exam and you told me, right, two hours I got this exam, I would smash it. Like that makes sense to me. Like I do, okay. you know, I could concentrate two hours done. If you give me 30 days to do coursework, I ain't doing <laughs> okay. it. Do you know what I mean? I'm going home and doing my own <laughs> thing. Like you think I'm doing stuff outside of school, it ain't happening. So I had this idea in my head already that I was dumb because I got through senior school and I was banned from most of the classes by the end of it and I didn't get very good grades. I got like two, I got like the, the minimum requirement of, um, for your, was it UCAS points or something? So it's like it's loads of C's, was it? Yeah, Just, yeah, it's loads yeah, of C's. Yeah. Um, and I had to go back after school and finish that to even get that. But then, uh, so when I did that aptitude test, it really surprised me because it wasn't about academic. It was not It was about uh, memory. It was about quick thinking, um, all the sort of stuff that I actually quite enjoyed. Like, and I did okay. the test and I passed it with flying colours. They said, you can pick anything on the list. Oh, mad. And I was like, mad. So I got into the thing I'd originally applied for. But then I started looking at the list and I was like, that looks cool. And it was just guns, explosions, <laughs> grenades. <laughs> yeah. And it was um, and it was an infantry role. And then I, w- I said, oh, I want to change. I want to change the infantry role. And they're like, but what you've selected is higher paying, better qualifications, but again, I had this image of me being a man. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. And again, like it was like emboldening this idea that I had of, I want to be a provider. I want to be the strong one in the family. I want to be respected. Go, yeah, go, yeah. Um, so I was like, no, nah, I wanted this. And they were like, you can literally pick. I remember the woman in the interview, she was like, you can literally pick anything you want off the list. Um, obviously, bar going to union, being an officer or whatever. And I was like, nah, I want to do this 17K a year. I'm giving up all the other stuff. Could have been an electrician or whatever. And I was like, no, fixated on it. And that's what I did. And then um, I remember going, we go away and you do like a, you got to, this was about like, I mean, I was 18, 19, so I forget a lot of the terminology now. Um, but we went away and you do like this trial for like three days where they test you like physically, mentally, all this sort of stuff. Okay. And I've been gymming a little bit at this point, like, uh, you know, I've got some little biceps and stuff <laughs> yeah. and I've been doing some like bench press and that. And then he said, like, you know, you need to be good at running. So I was like, took my friends on a run, dusted them. I was like, yeah, I'm fit, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll go and ace this. <sighs> nah man I was uh, it was my first time being completely out of my comfort zone away from like home being like not the big fish in a little pond anymore I was okay. now the little fish in a massive pond Okay. and there was grown men there there was like people retrading from other military roles there was like people going from like the fire service the police all sorts of stuff people who were ready do you know what I mean mm. I kind of still this down a little bit like that like even with this podcast I just turn up no expectations and, and just I just do my thing yeah, yeah. so I rocked up but I did have a full sense of like confidence because I've been gymming a little bit and you know beat my friends and run or whatever. And then, man, the first day I remember calling my mum was in this bunk bed. And I was like, Mom, I'm out of debt here, man. Like they're gonna send me home tomorrow. I don't think this is for me. She's like, yeah. Go on, son, keep going. I was like, Yeah, yeah. And I did it. I remember doing the bleep test and you had to get a nine ten. It was, and I hit nine eight and I threw up in my mouth oh. and I held my mouth like this and I ran the last two, and then I was just sick everywhere. And then I sat down, like shaking, and, and some geezer clocked like 13 5, like a semi pro football. And I was just like, how am I ever going to compete with these geezers? And all these challenges kept going by. I mean, I was shit at swimming. 
Um, we did a mile and a half run and I come last out of everybody. Like my confidence was just getting... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were just getting damaged. Didn't <laughs> yeah, you? I was getting mentally beat up, man. And this is where one of my first sort of mindset lessons comes into play. So the final day, somehow I've scraped through. I've got like passes, like okay. barely. And I've got to the final day and we've thinned out about half the numbers at this point. And I'm still hanging in and the, the talent's like, oh, we're doing this thing called skirmish. But basically they put a two hour timer on and they just wreck you for two hours. What do you and mean? So they do everything like, you got to just listen to all the commands, press up, sprints, okay, pick the log okay. up, pick the stretch up, run around the field, come back. It's just a beast in for two hours. And I'm there thinking, man, I've scraped by <laughs> and they're saying, we're not stopping till half of you are gone. I'm thinking, oh, it's definitely me, isn't it? Like, it's got to be me. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the yeah. unfittest here. And what they did is they put a table in the middle of this. So they led us out. It was a misty morning. I forget it. It was like something out of a movie. And they led us out to the field. They put a table in the middle of this rugby field and they put a bell on it. And they said, the only way you can make this suffering stop is by ringing that bell. I was like, fuck, okay, cool, got it. So they started this thing. And we're about, I don't know, 40 minutes into it. Okay. And they're just beast. And they're like, I threw up. And they're like, lie down, crawl through it, get up, run, lie down, get up, run. And they're like, do 10 push-ups. I do 10. And they're like, I was like, how many is that? I was like, 10. Like, liar, do 30 more. Just trying to like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, and they're, yeah. they're singling me out because obviously I've been coming last night. They're like, you fucking shit. Go on. We don't want you here. You don't fit in here. But the stubbornness was there, man. Like, it was just kicking in. Like, I couldn't face going home and like, all my friends, my family going, no, oh, he didn't do it. He ain't cut out for it. And I could just see it now. And I remember just, just going into this like zombie mode and just plodding on. And I remember I was getting like, they're all picking on me and that. And uh, I remember at one point looking up and seeing the kid who got the 13 5, the fittest one, going over to the ball and ringing it. He looked broken. And something clicked in my head. I was like, this isn't about your fitness. This isn't no. about your physical ability. This is about how mentally strong you are. They mm. can't pick me up and put the ball in my hand and ring it. I have to make that decision on it. So if I just never decide to ring the bell, I can't lose. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to suffer. But it's got to end. I know there's a time. I know, you know, just like night comes, it, it finishes. And that's when it clicked. So I was like, okay, like maybe life isn't all about like, you know, what you start with or what you got or how fit you are or whatever. It's about how much you're willing to push and never give up. Wow. And then that's when, yeah, I start, like a little bit of belief, it lit a little flame. I mean, I still shit. <laughs> like, I can't <I've> <laughs> yeah. last than that. No, but but, it sounds like it's a mental game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that was it then. I knew I weren't, failing it and okay. then um, I remember then you have an interview after and they go through all like your attributes and stuff and they were like B minus B minus B minus B minus and then they got to willpower and they were like that's the only thing that's kept you here and they were like nah. you got heart and you read really it was stubbornness because I yeah, couldn't yeah, face yeah. going home <laughs> yeah, being a yeah. loser in it but like um, yeah and I passed and they said because you got such a low grade you might not get the call up but we'll okay. see and then a few months later I got the letter man and I was like yes get in so, 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 because at that point, you're lucky, like you said, it's definitely a mm. mental game at that mm -hmm. point. And you're kind of that stubborn guy that I think, you know, I can't face that mm. defeat going home back to my family. From what it sounds like, it's kind of like being your personality from the get go. Yeah. And it's kind of continued on. And to, like even today, like that's how you kind of yeah. go on. So like, you mentioned like it wasn't for you though. Like yeah, at what yeah. point was it for like, did you think, you know what? So, so we joined and then that's when the real work starts. That's when it's no like little three day thing anymore. Like back then it's changed a lot now. There's a lot more like human rights involved and stuff okay. and there's policies in place, but they take your phone off you. You can't go out on weekends. You can't speak to your family and you do like a set period. 
and you know everyone shaves their head and all that sort of stuff and you get assigned a number and like this was my first sort of like experience I suppose with like anxiety homesickness all these things all feelings like you don't get taught this like nobody comes in and intervenes and tells you oh this you might experience this as you get older you might have this feeling um, and I remember like straight away just thinking I remember one night just lying there being homesick and I'm with loads of grown men all in bunk beds and stuff and it's all quiet lights are off and I was just like I want to go home I want I want to see and it was hard for me to admit that but like I was like I'm ready to throw the towel in and at any time in training you can quit okay, okay. Um, and this is again where resolve started to build so like every part of me wanted to like go home yeah leave it because I've never been put in this situation before and bear in mind I'm 18 at the time like um, and again my stubbornness just hung me through I was like alright just get through to the morning if you still want to go in the morning, we'll go in the morning. And then come, morning comes, and it's like, okay, if I still want to go later, I'll go later. And then you just okay, keep going, keep going. Got, yeah, got, um, yeah. So I had a rough time with training because I was a brummy. I was the only brummy on the, the, the course. You get a lot of like Northerners on there. Okay. Um, and I had loads of attitude. And one thing with me, and I had this from school when I was younger, it used to get me into fights. And if you say something, I've got to say something back, man. Like, I can't <laughs> help it. And military is not the place for that. So they'd be like, Da, 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 you cunt and I was like yo who are you talking to and they're like what and then boom the Anya and once they got your number marked they do think like right this guy's got poor attitude we need to beat him out of the military this isn't for him oh country. as in the seniors you'd give yeah, them yeah 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 like seniors yeah 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 okay um, yeah so you didn't give a shit who was talking to you you just like I just couldn't help it even if they're okay. talking to other people I'd be like don't speak to them like that man like, I okay, couldn't help it okay. and they're like just used to just get me so much shit and then um, and the, what I realised is to get through the military sort of um, template of the training is to just not stand out. Do you know what I mean? They'll thin the herd out, but with okay. the dickheads and the weak ones and that sort of stuff. Um, and unfortunately, I just stood out. Like, so I <laughs> yeah, had my yeah. number from the get-go. So they did make life hard for me. And what was the real test is immediately, I've been in a couple of weeks and I picked up an injury and you have to go on something called a holding flight where... You wait for, because they do it in courses, like every like 12 weeks. Um, you have to wait for the next course to come through and then you join onto them and then you carry on with your training. Okay, okay. So I got an injury straight away, which kind of like disturbed everything. Um, and then I joined the next holding flight. Then I got all the way through to the end and I got recourse on attitude. And a recourse is where they send you back again. Now, some of the things we did in there, I did something called a dig X, which okay. is you're not allowed to sleep for 36 hours. And you have to dig a trench that's eight foot deep. No, sorry, eight foot long and as deep as the tallest man in your troop. And you're not allowed to stop until it's done. And you've got a 36 hour timer. So you dig through the night. You don't sleep. You just take on water. You put head torch on because it's like... So you're just constantly working, yeah. constantly working. Yeah, working, so working. I, I did that and it's like... It's just mind numbing. Like, it, just some of the... It, it exposed me to just how, like, difficult life can be like yeah, yeah, yeah but it also in a way show me how when you're called upon how tough you can be do you know what i mean mm, that's interesting so all these things like i'm skipping over a lot of stuff but it, it just weren't nice and i didn't enjoy a second of it <laughs> training like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i didn't uh, like it's just, just my stubbornness, stubbornness. Keeping it, i swear to god like I'd, i was thinking <laughs> this is shit but when i get to this part that'll be good and when i get to that part that'll be good and i think a lot of people do that in life anyway, are, you, are you grateful that you've been through it though 100 percent. so i say as a whole my experience was negative but it crafted me into the man. It kind of fast-tracked my mentality. Okay. Like, like I touched on just, it exposed me to how hard life can be. And now I feel so prepared for anything ahead. Like 
things have happened with my business, you know, come out of nowhere. Um, things have happened just with life. And I I just feel ready for everything. Like, I can just mm. handle it. I go, okay, cool. I try to care mentally, not emotionally. And that was mm. a big thing that I sort of embodied as well. Mentally, and, not emotionally. Yeah, so when there's a problem, okay, so, I don't know, the gym's flooded. We can't open this week. We got, okay, cool. What do we do about it? I don't go, oh, fucking hell, I'm going to lose money. Yeah, yeah, what am yeah, I going to tell yeah, my clients? Yeah, yeah. It's just okay, what do we do about it? I like mm. solutions, not problems. You know what I mean, all of that come from such a young age, being exposed to things they're exposed to. So so stubbornness, so they sent me back, I had to do that dig X again. So it's worse, it's bad enough the first time. Now you know, now you Now you know what's yeah. coming. <laughs> On top of that, I'd fall into a winter tour, like a winter training camp. It snowed, bro. <laughs> it snowed, man. So, but so for so, how long did did it take you? Like, did it so does it take all, you? It's about a year. So it should be like eight, nine months. But because I got sent back, I had to do like three months again. And and did you ever get deployed out into like Afghanistan mm-hmm. and stuff? Like, what was so that like? When I passed training, so everything that leads you through is you keep thinking, oh, it'd be good when you get out of training because you'll get respect then. You can grow your hair and you can have okay. a bit of identity back. And then I got through training. And I opted to be as close to Birmingham as I could. They sent me to Scotland. So I had to go live in, not just like Scotland, like Lassie Mouth, which is north, north Scotland. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it was six and a half hours on the train. It wasn't wow. worth coming home at weekends. But again, that was good because it got me, put me out of my comfort zone. Like mm. Again, like, although I was someone who always sought the hard path, I didn't, the, I got a lot of experience from being forced out of my comfort zone. And yeah. again, like, not many people get forced into these situations. You're like, right. You're not right. many forced, people get forced into uncomfortable situations. Not many people get forced to like stop and think, which is a lot of what I did in Afghan, which I'll get to in a second. Um, so I got sent to Scotland. I lived there for a year. Then I got immediately deployed to Afghan. So we did six months training. And then you go out and tour to Afghan. I was 20 years old um, and I got deployed out there. And it was all like, ah, oh, when I get to squadron, it'll be great. They like, get respect to my soldier then. Oh, when you get squadron, no one respects you until you got a medal. Okay, cool. When I go to Afghan, it'll be great because that's what I'm here to do. I got okay. there, that was shit. And I was like, oh, when I get home though, I'll have a medal and people respect me. And then I got home and it just wasn't. But Afghan's where the real growth started to happen. Like, okay. And obviously seeing things like body parts, dead bodies, all that kind of stuff, um, which you know matures you to some degree. But I started to learn that, because one thing I was, a lot, I don't think a lot of people admit this, but I was scared that I'd bottle it. Do you know what I mean? When shit hit the fan, that crossed my mind. I was like, how will I react? Because it's all good doing training. Like scared it's like of when failure. boxers you yeah, know, yeah. train for a fight and then they have the first fight and they freeze or yeah, their adrenaline yeah, dump yeah. and the shit. It's like, you don't know till you're in the, the yeah, firing line. Do you know what I mean? And I surprised myself how like, I went into just autopilot, man. Like, and I remember just like catching myself like for example one so I did something called MERT which was Medical Emergency Response Team Okay. and you're on 24 hour call and you stay in this hangar you keep your body armour on your weapon next to you and as soon as the alarm goes off it means someone's been severely injured blown up and this goes for um, military personnel this is civilians Taliban doesn't matter who the British have a duty of care to to save life like that's okay. you know, that's no matter who you are like- yeah because we follow the Geneva Convention whereas the Americans don't okay. um, so as soon as that alarm went off, boom, you run into the helicopter, you're up in the air, they brief you on the helicopter what it is. Like one, I just landed in a hangar and someone gone to cardiac arrest in the toilet and you just picked them up. Another one, we landed and there's still firing going on and it was like something out of a movie scene. I was point man because when you're young and you get given the machine gun and you're always the first man off the, the chopper 
I remember like sitting there and had this re- really like strange moment where I was like, this is it now, this is real. We got told there's still firing going on. We're going to land hot. Like we're going to go out, we're going to get the casualties and we're going to get back on the helicopter. And they were like, Jordan, your point, man. And I remember sat there like 20 years old, just looking at my weapon, just thinking, this is it. Like my adrenaline was going, but I felt this kind of like, I don't know, this like wave of like purpose. Yeah, man. Like this is what I've been here for. Cause it's a lot of nothing. Like what people don't understand, especially my tour anyway, there's a lot of nothing. And then there's a lot of something. (laughs) All of a sudden it's like, boom. And then you go back to nothing again. So you kind of think like, what am I doing in my life? But then I'm there, I'm going, this is it. It's all, everything's brought me to this moment. I had a very sobering like moment within the, like, the eye of the storm kind of thing. Did everything at that point like, kind of make sense? Like, yeah, it just is... all just went boom. Like, all my training okay. sort of kicked in. I was ready. I didn't feel scared. I felt ready. Like okay. I felt like I was about to have a scrap and I was just like on it. You know what yeah. I mean? And the thing come, like, the lift come down and I come running out. And I saw this smouldering like metal, like a vehicle been blown up. So we've been debriefed a suicide bomber, drove into a vehicle, blown up. And it looked like a movie scene, like it just didn't look real. Like there's just smouldering bits of metal. And and then I've laid down and there's just sandstorm. You just can't see nothing. No way. And then, um, and like in my head, I'm thinking there's going to be all this, like it's all going to be kicking off side up. And I get against a bit of adrenaline dump because I can't see nothing. And then, uh, yeah, next thing we've been called to get to these American soldiers who have all been injured. And again, man, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Like sh- real shell shock, like just walking through the desert stunned. And there was a guy um, on top of the gun and his jaw was missing like from the explosion. I'd been tasked with getting the driver out the seat um, and I'd gone up to the seat and the explosion had pushed all the metal in. His legs were all bent ways they shouldn't be bending. And I remember you can't hear nothing. You've got headphones on, the chopper spinning. You Obviously your heart, you can hear your ears, fucking yeah, yeah, beating yeah, your yeah, pulses yeah, going man yeah, yeah. and I've they're like just get him the fuck out so I've grabbed him and he ain't coming man and I've had to like put my leg on the thing and I'm dragging this guy out and I can hear him screaming through all of that Ugh. and it was just and I've carried this guy and we got him onto the the chopper and then as an infantry role you're not obliged to help like with the medics and stuff but some people didn't because they just didn't trust themselves didn't want to I can't sit there and watch so straight in give me CPR um, putting tourniquets on stop bleeding all that kind of stuff and yeah man it was a lot for a 20 year old to like experience but then the other side of that is you'd get a lot of nothing you're just in the desert like time, loads of time to think and no in this day and age I'm not even just 20 year olds I don't think anybody gets forced to think Okay. do you know what I'm saying unless you're in prison maybe that's what I, I compare it to pr- what prison would be like because you got no phone, yeah, yeah. you got no internet. I get lucky. Maybe you share a phone, you can call your family thirty minutes a week, and you're just forced to think. What do you mean you're it. in the desert? Like, so when you're deployed so into what Afghanistan, we did was something called um, Tesseral Patrol. So you'd stock up with like food and water, and then you'd go out and you just plot yourself down, and you just live out there for two weeks at a time. Come back, replenish, go back out, and you get calls that something suspicious is happening here, or go check this out there. And you're just staying out in the desert. But then there's always someone on something called Stag, which is like a watch. Okay. And when you're on it and you're in the desert and you're just looking at nothing, but looking for something, but there's never yeah, yeah. there's never anything yeah. there. You just think. And I started thinking about my life and I was just like, what am I doing? Man? Like, what yeah. what am I actually doing? Not just here, but like, what what is the purpose of my life? Because like I said earlier, like I didn't really have ambition. I just fell into things. Like my, okay. my stubbornness yeah, yeah. and my willingness to not quit and put myself into hard situations kind of moved me through life through life forcefully but 
I had no like ambition and I remember joining the military and I genuinely believed, oh, I'll do 22 years and get my pension. That's what I told everybody. Like, yeah, that's, that's just what so I was doing. So that was it for you that then? Was that was it. Okay. Until I'd actually got into the military and then what happened was all that time to think, I mean, I broke up with my girl and I was thinking about her getting smashed by dudes <laughs> and I'm out here in the desert and that and I was just like, oh man, I was going for everything, man. It was like a, a fast track of like just all the emotions you can feel, missing people, missing out on nights out, yeah. girls, whatever, but intensified. And that's why I imagine like prison to be like, because I felt like the world was over here spinning and I was just on this You felt isolated. Planet. Yeah. Like no secluded contact. from the whole world. I'd get internet every couple of weeks and my friends had gone out and gone on a date and whatever. Like, And it was just, it felt like no one was thinking about me and it was a horrible feeling, man. Oh, that, that must be horrible, man. Yeah, and it was like, you know, and time slowed right down because there's no weekends off. You work every day, you're just on all the time. And... I started questioning, like, I don't like being told what to do. I figured, I don't know why it took me so long to figure that out, but like, <laughs> I'm just not here to be told what to do, man. Like, I had little jobs when I was younger, hated it. I cut, you know, hated school. I hated the idea of uni. And now I'm in the military. It's like, I hated this too. And this is a big lesson that I always say to people who don't know what to do with their life. And I said it earlier to you, fail forwards, man. Yeah, like, yeah, the yeah, worst yeah, thing you can yeah. do is not do anything. Mm. If you're sat around thinking, oh, what can I do? Write some shit down, anything that comes to your head, anything that gives you interest and go and try it because you'll mm. figure out if it's either for you, winner, you've hit the jackpot or it's not, you cross it off, you go on to the next thing and I just That's, failed I forwards can, through life. I can resonate with that because again, even like with this podcast, this has been, it was been, so I initially thought about starting a podcast like back in 2018 and you, you're never going to find out until you actually do it. Mm. So when I started it, you know, I think I don't know what held me back. If I look back, you know, I can think of loads of reasons. What are people are gonna say? You know, fear basically. There's a lot of fear. Um, and then when I started it, it's been like one of the best things I've done because there's so many people that I get to mm. meet. And if I wouldn't have started it, I wouldn't have known any better. So I think I can definitely relate to what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but just coming back, you know, with your experience at, at the um, in the military, you said that. Um, you, there was times where you were feeling like anxiety kind of mm -hmm. overtook you or you felt some sort of anxious feelings yeah. and that. Did you know what that was anxiety at that point or did you just like, because is it, this something that they prepare you for? Like, you know, I'm sure like, mm. don't they say, okay, look, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. You might feel like this, you might feel like that. Like, do they ever tell you what to expect? Yeah, so like you do have um, like kind of mental health support so okay. like, especially when you're on tour, if you had like a really bad one, like for example, that story I just told you, when we got back, I remember I was that covered in that much blood and just body bits and that. They thought I was a casualty. They're like, oh yeah, come with me. And I was like, nah, nah, no, I'm just way. dropping people off because you land at the hostel, drop the casualties off, then you go back to your base, shower, and then you're back into routine. But funnily enough, I was dealing with, um, and I didn't know this at the time, but I do now with my new understanding of it, of more about mental health. Like, there was no real mental health. Like, we're talking 2014. It wasn't really big then. It wasn't popular on social media. It wasn't media. spoken People about, yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. it. And I had all the symptoms of depression and anxiety, not just on tour, I mean, just through my life, man. Like okay. the times where I just wanted to get out of bed for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the day that like, my life just seemed grey. I felt uninterested in things. I was worrying about the future. Do you know what I mean? And they say, um, say like anxiety is worrying about the future, depressions, like folks in the past in it and just not, not, just not caring. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but then when I come back from that uh, call out where it was quite traumatic, 
they come up to me and ah, oh, let's do a debrief, let's see the psychiatrist. And I was like, I'm fine. Like I'm, at, I'm at, I was actually fine. Like I wasn't trying to be a tough guy. I actually like when I had a shower. And I remember washing it off and looking at the blood going down the the, the hole in the shower. And I was absolutely fine. I got changed into a clean uniform. I was ready to go again. But then there was things that wasn't you wasn't taught about, like dealing with missing life back home or the pressure of being mm. a man in front of other men. Um, mm. You know, even like thinking like at the time, thinking about my ex. Like I joked about it earlier, but I was cut up, man, because it intensifies everything. Like I, I didn't care when I flew out, but when I was stuck there and I couldn't, didn't know what she was up to, and you know what I mean. Everything's intensified, missing family, friends, whatever. You don't get taught how to handle that. And then, so I've come back from tour and I've had a lot of time to think. And that was when I first, first in my head, I thought, I don't think this is for me. Okay. I don't like being told what to do all the time. Um, I don't really fit in here. Like, I'm not like these other guys. Like, I've come here for the completely different reasons. Like, I remember I just joined on a whim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys were had military family. They were patriotic okay, or okay, okay. they were running from a life that they... They hated or whatever. They needed purpose. They needed direction. I was just lost, didn't it? Like, I was just... You were just found, doing that I, out of stubbornness. Yeah, and, and I just found stuff. myself here. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so I decided, I was like, okay, this isn't for me. So I've got two choices. I either go forwards and go for something like special forces and really commit and see how far we can go with this. Or I get out. And I thought, well, I'm here now. So I may as well have a shot at going to the next level. So I had these like fantasies of joining the SAS and special forces. And you have to do something called um, pre-para, which is like a difficult physical test over the course of three weeks. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm here now. Um, I thought I'll go for, again, I think maybe a, a bit of stubbornness, not wanting to just throw the towel in. Um, so I went for it. And week two, I broke my ankle. So I was like, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, All right, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Um, and what actually led me to... So this was a uh, massively defining moment, and this is where I realised ah, this is this is quite powerful. So when I broke my ankle and I felt like I wanted to leave, I thought, right, I can't go special forces now. Fuck that up. I don't want to be here. I ended up actually getting back with that ex that I was missing because I was missing her so much, <laughs> um, and you know, got back for the wrong reasons as you do when you're young. I mean, I was I turned 21 in Afghan. Do you know what I mean? So like, so I, you're I mean, you're pretty like you're looking. Think about it. You're 20. That's like you're kid yeah that's it well mates are at uni you know yeah. going on parties banging birds oh, i was in the desert you know what I mean? digging ditches digging, and ditches, yeah. digging ditch. they were digging bitches i was digging <laughs> bitches you know what I mean? um and yes yeah, so i've come home and i'm like oh like, i finally got back from tour and i'm like oh my god i love you i got back on my ex and for the you know for the wrong reasons and a couple of years have gone by because remember i had to serve three years okay so i was 20 when i got out of training went straight to afghan i come back i was 21 okay i had two years left to serve um, my squadron closed down in scotland so i moved back to uh, rf huntington which is in norwich um Bury st edmunds and i found myself like going home the weekends because i didn't really want to be there but then back then my relationship with my mom wasn't that great okay. um, so mom suffers with depression and so whenever i'd go home it was just like it weren't a good vibe, man. It weren't great. And yeah, and obviously I was dealing with something, well, I had my own troubles, but I didn't know I had trouble and I didn't know how to handle them. Um, so going home, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be at, in, at base and I didn't want to be with my girl. So I was just fucked up. 
and but I just sort of accepted that life's just shit. I didn't know any better. Like this is my life, and I think that's what a lot of people do. They sort of find themselves on this fixed conveyor belt of school, uni, work, get into a job because it's steady and it's a good career, and they just accept that that's their life. That's just life. And yeah. I was there too. So a lot of the stuff that I talk about when I talk about like mental health and life advice, it isn't science based. I haven't got like mad qualifications, but I've boots on the ground experienced it and I know exactly how it feels this is from your own experience this is from my, yeah, yeah. my own experience so I was all fucked up and I was going out and I was drinking heavily at the time and I was getting into a lot of trouble getting into a lot of fights and when you get in trouble with the police in civilian street you get in trouble on top by military police mm. and an altercation happened with a superior and I was fucked like it didn't look good okay. um, the only thing that sort of saved me was a corporal um in the statement said I was antagonized. I just didn't, I just wasn't being a dickhead basically. So imagine I'm 23 years old. Obviously I'm becoming a man now. I've endured some stuff. Still don't understand myself, still lost. Um, still dealing with things that I didn't even know I was dealing with. And I'm just late all the time, drinking whatever. And I've come into the office. I'm late, so I've been called into the office. He's got me to stand, so you have to stand to attention. So imagine you stood with your hands by your side, feet together. Which you already feel like a waste man doing that, like you, you're just doing it. And I know I'm in trouble, and I'm just kind of like, I don't really care now. Okay. And this guy is just like, You're a cunt, aren't you? I'm stood there, and he goes, Aren't you? I was like, Huh? I was like, You want me to tell you that I'm a cunt? And then he was like, Yeah. And I was like, Go fuck yourself. And then it just went off, and that was kind of the thing. That must have had your blood boiling in it. Yeah, like. yeah it was mad, obviously. I'm um, not going to say too much on tape, but like it just it wasn't good. Kicked off it, So yeah. what was happening, there was like a sort of case ongoing, but what they said was, if you see a therapist to show that you've got problems and you're actively trying to deal with it, it will go well, like go good for your case kind of thing. These times, so I grew up, I touched on my mum had depression. I didn't know what that was as a kid. I just understood that if my mum got bad news, the house become a bad place for me and my little brother. And oh, I was very yeah. protective of my little brother. Obviously, I understood from a young age. Yeah, I got yeah, told, yeah. you know, he's got autism, he's got Asperger's, da, da, da. So it was always me being the big brother because our dads weren't around. Do you know what I mean? So looking after him. So I learned to internalise everything. I just bottled things from a young age. Um, you know, anything bad happened in school, I didn't tell no one. Anything bad happened to me, I didn't tell no one. Like, I just, just sort of suck it up. Yeah, it? just yeah. sucked it up. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's, as an adult now, I know how healthy that is. Mm. Um, but that was a learned behaviour. So when they said I got to see a therapist, I was like, "Fucking hell! How do I even do that?" Do you know what I mean? Was there a stigma around seeing a therapist at that time? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like you know, now that everyone talks about mm, it, you know, mm -mm. men's mental health, you know, anxiety, yeah. depression, it's good to talk to people. Yeah. That's very much. I wouldn't say a trend, but it's more spoken about now. Mm -hmm. So I can. I'm imagining. So what year are we talking now? Like, so this is twenty. I was twenty three. So it's like. Was that 16? Okay. Yeah, 2016. So it wasn't really like, was it like a taboo thing? Like, yeah, oh, you massively know, still. Like, talking no, one to, was, yeah. no one was talking about it. There was no, like, a, still no one on social media doing that kind of thing. It wasn't popular. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. If anything, it was seen as like, you're a loser. For weak. That. Yeah. Did yeah, you ever yeah, feel like that? If I speak to this therapist, yeah, I feel like I'm a yeah, weak man. Yeah, I felt like I'm a going there. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and when I went there and I had the first session because I was kind of obligated, I sat there like this and I was just like, he was talking to me and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And, the first session just went, you know, he didn't really get much out of me. And I thought, this is a lot of shit. No point. I mean? And yeah, on yeah. top of that, their, um, their trained 
therapists, but they're through the church, so they're man of God, they're Christian. Okay. And I thought, ah, oh, this is the last thing I need because um, I grew up atheist. I believe in God now. But I grew okay. up atheist, and I was thinking, this is the last thing I need. Someone preaching like yeah, yeah, religion yeah. to me. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? But it wasn't that. To be fair, it was all it was all therapy, and I don't know what it was. Right, the second session, this guy obviously went away and thought about it. And he just got me talking. Like, I don't know what it was. He got me just saying something, telling about how I feel. And I remember, like, saying one thing and then the other. And then he just started falling out. I remember getting emotional. And I remember, like, putting my hands on my mouth. Like, I couldn't believe I was saying these things out loud. Like, things I'd pent up and things I'd dealt with and just pushed all the way down for so long. And it just kept coming out and coming out. And it felt like I was getting lighter and lighter. It was, honestly, it was unbelievable. And, um, and this guy... And there's, there's a cool story with this, but this is a defining moment in my life. So just to recap, I'm lost at the moment. Um, I'm in a bad relationship. I don't want to go home. I don't want to be on base. I'm drinking. I'm in trouble. I'm thinking I'm a loser. I'm being told every day I'm shit because I'm being late and I'm doing this. And this guy said to me, he's like, Jordan, you're the first person I'm going to say this to in my career. And he goes, but you need to leave the military. He's like, you've got too much inside of you, too much undiscovered ambition, too much drive to put it here. And wow. he said, I see two futures for you. One, you sat in the pub with your mate and you've stayed in the military. You've got like a married quarters. You've got a missus, family, that kind of thing. You've got a Toyota Prius or something outside. Not, nothing wrong with Toyota Prius <laughs> if you like them. But like, he's just saying, you played it safe. You decided, nah, getting out scary. Because they do try and push you into believing there's nothing out there for you. Yeah. That's a big thing. Like It's a brotherhood thing. You're here. You don't betray us. There's nothing out there for you anyway. That kind of shit. He goes, you give in to that. You you don't take the gamble. You stay where it's safe. You're guaranteed healthcare, dental, all yeah, that kind yeah. of things. You a can comfortable. A comfortable life. A comfortable you know, it's not going to be exceptional, yeah, but it's going to be comfortable. And he goes, and you sat there, you mate, recapping about your life. Like, yeah, you know, it's been all right. Not much stress, not much drama, you know, da, 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 played it safe. Or I think there's a side of you where you sat there and there's a Lamborghini in the car park and you're talking to your friend about how you left and then you didn't know what to do and you tried all these things and you went around the world and you started this business and then it went under and you lost everything then you got it back and then you did this and you're telling stories about how up and down your life was and he goes before we even finish the sentence I knew which one I was and he said to me like which one and I said I want the Lambo man <laughs> oh, I want the Lambo <laughs> like I said nothing wrong with Twitter Prius but keep it man oh, I, want, I want the Lambo and then he said to me okay now I've established that he goes I need you to break up your girlfriend and I need you to move out of your mom's house. Well, he was telling you He this. said these yeah. things to me and I swear to God, it was the first time someone had seen me. Do you know what I mean? Like you hear people go, oh, you tell someone, oh yeah, I'm not feeling too good today. Like, oh, you'll be all right, mate. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy looked at me, listened to my problems. I was vulnerable with my man. This is my first time being vulnerable and he sort of caught me. Do you know what I mean? But not only that, he gave, he gave me direction. He gave me instructions and I heard them loud and clear. And I ran out of that room, I signed my papers, went back to my room, called my um, my friend, said, can I stay at yours on the weekends? And he let me move at his. And then I FaceTimed my girl and I dumped her. And that's when I realized life isn't, f you're not, you don't have to accept the cards you got and you don't have to carry on down the path you're on in it. You can change it at any time. You can wake up tomorrow and think, fuck all this, I'm starting from scratch. I'm gonna move to Colombia and fucking start whatever. That's and it woke me up, man. I was 23 years old and now I'm armed with this like different perspective of the world. Was that the first time you kind of seen like clarity in your 100%. life? 100%. It was the most defining moment of my life. And 
I touched on it then. Look, obviously, I started off atheist now. Atheist now, I believe in God. Not even atheist. I just wasn't. I was a non-believer. I grew up. You in just a household, went into yeah, religion. Yeah, like, no no religion. Like, I've never grown no around thought. it. Yeah, yeah. And what changed that is, I I was shown like there was a lot of signs. Like growing up, there was things that would like happen, or but I just couldn't see them. Do you know what I mean? Because I had no faith. I had no belief. You weren't aware. They could something could have happened. Yeah, 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 all yeah, around yeah. me, and like I didn't see them. And this guy, I swear to God, something like weird happened where I'd left and I put my papers in and everyone turns on you, like you're leaving the brotherhood, da, da, da. I didn't give a shit. Okay, man. so you got a lot of hate as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the surface level, but okay. then so many guys come and knock to my room. Oh, so what are you going to do when you get out? Or, ah, oh. and that's when I, again, I started learning the way the world works, isn't it? I'm saying and like I started Instagram and I started doing the little fitness pictures taking pictures of my meals and ab shots and I used to get rinsed man imagine I walked into the hangar one day there's 300 people all in this hangar men in uniform they went oh here he is the Instagram model get your abs out I was like I deleted Insta bro I crumbled the first time yeah I deleted it because they're all rinsing me that's a lot of pressure that was my reality it? there was no clock off and go home it's clock off and go back to base where they all are anyway and I went home and I deleted it and I was pissed and then after a while I thought these guys' opinions don't they are relevant to me. They're yeah, not, yeah. you know, I see something now, like, oh, these platforms growing, I'm getting a bit of, like, you know, I'm enjoyment from it for starters. Like, why the fuck am I going to let their judgment or their opinion, not me? Most of them mm. are out of shape anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, what, yeah, yeah. Why am I listening to people like that? Um, and that was, again, where I started to develop resilience. And I started to see how the world works because, again, people would come to me and go, oh, yeah, I watched you work out last night and I did it. But then they're probably in with the other guys laughing at me at the time. Do you know what I mean? I started realizing how people operate in the world. I was very like, suppose naive. How did you manage that though? Because obviously, like even now, there's a lot of people mm. out there that have not started a business, have not gone out for a specific reason, or not asked that girl out on a date because of that fear or yeah. that fear of judgment. You've obviously okay. You crumbled at the first instance, mm-hmm. but then you thought to yourself, like, you know, wh- why does their opinion matter? Mm-hmm. How did you get yourself to that point? Because what advice would you give to that person mm-hmm. that's out there now that's probably hesitant of doing something because of yeah. judgment from others? I suppose it comes down really at the root of it. You know, security, all these kind of things. It's a confidence issue, isn't it? Like, yeah. if you had the confidence that you were going to open a business tomorrow and it was going to be a seven-figure business from tomorrow, no one could say shit to you, could they? Or if you said you was going to be a boxer tomorrow mm. and you would want you were a world title level boxer, no one could say shit. It's the understanding and accepting that you're going to be shit. Like, that's the way it works. Like, you have to be shit. You file forwards. You get a bit less shit. You keep going. Mm. And along the way, people are poking fun at you and taking a piss because you're they're just projecting onto you because you're highlighting that you're on the same level, you're coming from the same background, but you're trying shit that they're too scared to do. Yeah. Hate doesn't come down, it only goes up in it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So That's like, as soon as I establish that these people are just having digs at me because they're insecure in their own self or because I'm showing them that I'm in the military with you guys and I'm doing something to put myself out there. Yeah, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I said, one quote I've seen is, that I'd, rather be known for, no, I'd rather be known for trying than not known at all. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, I'd rather be the guy getting laughed at than the guy doing the laughing. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I like that, as man. soon as yeah, you yeah. establish that that hate is just a projection of their own insecurity yeah, yeah. and that fact that it's jealousy. Like it's just, they want, they want to have the bollocks to do what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? That's interesting. Hate that's... never comes down, man. 
and he goes up and so like with this whole military thing uh, before we move on would you still would you recommend it to anyone so you know the you, mm. the youngsters out there that because obviously you've learned a lot yeah now you were probably a bit naive going into it <laughs> obviously yeah. thinking you know I'm still I can do this and you've obviously gone through it all and now you've obviously come out a better man because yeah. of it it not necessarily could have happened that way but mm. you know it's happened would you recommend this to anyone that's listening to kind of go through that path or yeah have you seen it as these are the lessons that I've learned from it I'd rather just teach that yeah 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 I think because there's so many variables to how that could have turned out for me mm. do you know what I mean for example losing my legs in Afghan mm. or maybe I wasn't as stubborn and I left thinking I was a loser and I failed like where would that have sent me mentally um, I think it's a very it's very extreme okay. and I think the only time I'd recommend it is kind of like a last roll of the dice like to say you've got no opportunity you know there's no sort of family business you can get involved in or there's you've got you're limited with your options and like you've tried a, things you've not yeah, really found you, your thing you're in then. a bad circle and you don't see a way out then you can flip the board and you can start fresh and you go get a new life and you might go there and think this is for me this is great I love it and then you've won anyway because I think what a lot of people do is they find something they're happy with and it might be a humble career it might be a humble job but they feel the pressure from social media and mm. you know you've got the one percenters posting their Lambos and their flashy stuff and then they feel like what they've got isn't enough but it already is and I think it's first just understanding like who you are and what you want mm. um, rather than like recommending the military I'd recommend the hard route okay because this sort of leads on to what I'm doing today now where I've ascended almost from being a PT to uh, I'm on the like, brink of trying to establish myself as a performance coach. What um, do you mean by that performance coach? So I've so, my clientele now after obviously I've been PT in seven years at the gym too is I have like high performing clients so um, entrepreneurs, business owners, oh, okay, millionaires, okay, this okay, kind okay, of thing okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I help them obviously I can't chat to them about business of money at the moment like I'm still elevating that but I can chat to them about character life mindset you know being a man mindset mental health how to manage it um and i think because i've seen people get sort of thrust into money you know Mm. with these crypto pumps where people have just become a million overnight yeah what that does is it doesn't teach you the character and the minerals to navigate at that level and to hold it and to maintain it so what i'd recommend to people um you know Obviously, in today's age, I struggle like talking about. Obviously, I'm a heterosexual male. I'm sh- I'm a straight man, so I-, I like to speak from things I have knowledge of. You know, so I always try and look at things from a straight man's perspective. So, like a young straight man in the world, um, not really knowing what to do, I wouldn't say go join the military. I'd say pick the hard route. Okay, you know what I'm saying focus on these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'd, then yeah, I'd say choose the hard route. Don't cut corners. Don't try and like take shortcuts all the time because the biggest thing about your journey and where you, everyone's got a goal or where they want to get to is it's not what you obtain from the goal. It's who you become in the process, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, if you yeah. cut corners and if you, you know, take the easy route or slack off when you know you could have done a bit more, you're missing out on vital lessons and like building your character, your resilience, um, your um, stress tolerance, which is a massive thing. I like that. I like I like the hard route because it kind of reminds me of. So I watched um, another YouTuber called Ali Abdel, 
and he talks um, about sort of productivity and all this and, and all the and like mindset and all these things. He says like with anxiety, if something scares you or makes it gives you anxiety, that's like a path you should take. Mm. Use that as an indicator that because you're feeling a bit scared of it yeah. or that fear of the unknown, maybe that's the direction you should go in. Because mm-hmm. if you continue to go down the comfortable, I know this, mm-hmm. I'm okay here. You're never going to grow as a person. Yeah, you always get the same might... thing, you always get the same result. On it. Exactly. So I, kinda, I like how you put that, go yeah. down the hard route. I yeah, like yeah. it. So when where, when did you fully understand like anxiety then? Because mm-hmm. you've gone through the military, you spoke to this therapist. Is that when you understood, okay, you know what, I have been suffering from depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, Was that the first time you came across it? So again, I've experienced it, but I didn't know what it was. And this is where my passion for training comes in. And this is where now my business model has sort of took shape and why it sort of stands apart from say other gyms or other personal trainers is, I was getting the feeling of like depression that just be some days where I'd wake up and I wouldn't want to get out of bed. And everything was just shit. I didn't care about nothing. There'll be some times where I'm just stressing about events that haven't even happened yet. And I hadn't learned how to manage that. And I always say like nervousness and anxiety to some degree is confused excitement. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. thinking about the future, but you're worrying rather you're than you worrying about what could go wrong rather than get excited about what could go right in it. I like that. And yeah. as soon as I started adapting that kind of mentality, that definitely helped. But the thing is with training, so obviously training is like the backbone of the military, so you get exposed to like loads of different styles, like ridiculously hard training, like and pushing past limits and boundaries. But what I sort of, my training style is like, people say like, how do you stay motivated to train so much? Like I train six days a week, sometimes more. And what I discovered was the days that I trained were better than the days that I didn't. The mm. days that I trained, I felt more energized. I felt more positive. The days that I trained, my anxiety was, wasn't was as bad. So I just wanted more of that. Mm. And as soon as I tapped into training for how it makes me feel, rather than attaching it to a goal of how it makes me look, I got more consistency, which got me more results, which meant I felt good more, which meant my confidence grew, my energy. And this is where my sort of teaching method comes in now, where I'd say to clients, like every client comes in the gym, you know, they've just had a breakup and they want a fucking training plan, nutrition plan, all these kind of things, or, you know, having a kid and they're, they're like got a dad bod and things like that. And I say, the key is to make it a lifestyle and train for how it makes you feel rather than how it makes you look. And as soon as you tap into that, as soon as you move your goal from having abs to having a better day, it's a lot more achievable because you get your goal pretty much instantaneous because you finish your session, you feel good and you're energized and you come into work, you have a shower, you sit down and you you're feel on, amazing. You're on and yeah, you're just yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you train because you want abs, every day you're checking and the change is that incremental. It's yeah, not there, it's not there, it's not there. Two weeks gone by, this ain't happening. Motivation's left yet. Now's the time when discipline should kick in. But because you're not seeing the results, you think this is a waste of time, waste of money. You got to do what you're doing. Whereas if you just went, took it day by day if I train today I'll have a better day than if I don't it kind of makes sense logically especially if you're a driven ambitious person you want to make sure you're having as many good days as possible to get you to your goal as fast as possible like it's just not just sort of basic really so when you lock into that you form consistency and then the results come and they come quicker because you're not looking at the mirror no more yeah. you're doing it because it makes you feel better and then one day you walk past the mirror on the way to the show and you go yo like you see the change because you're not checking it every day. Maybe it's been 10 days, maybe it's been a month because you're so focused on just being a better individual. And this is what I say to people, like exercise is for everybody. Everyone, you might not be a gym person. I need person. to get back into the gym, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> get me bothered me. Let's get back into the gym. You might not be a gym guy. 
you might not be a boxer, you might not be a swimmer, you might not be a dancer, but everybody is an exercise person. And there's so many studies, and I don't want to go down the study route because whenever I try and talk online about anything to do with mental health, um, pornography, which I, we mentioned <laughs> we're gonna, earlier, we're going to touch on that a little bit. Whenever I talk about these things openly, from my personal experience, I'm not stood there in a lab coat saying, "You really, yeah, yeah. I've just figured this out." I'm. This is my life. This is what I've experienced. This is what worked for me. I don't care if you use it or not. I'm yeah, just putting yeah, it out there because it helped me, and I want to help others do the same. But part of me, like. I am driven financially in success now, but I'm also like, it does make me tick helping other people. So mm. I put this stuff out there. I don't, you know, I don't benefit from it. I just whack it out. So many people want to see where's the evidence, where's the science, where's the receipts. I think Pe- I think people have gone too much into that. What do you know I think it is? I think it's just another excuse to validate doing fuck all. Yeah. They want to see the science because science goes, oh, that theory don't work. So now they don't have to try. Yeah, and Whereas, they just sit back, do nothing anyway, and they don't—they're not yeah. doing anything to improve their life. So somebody said to me, some this mad essay about like, da, 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 where's the science backing this up? I said, brother, just try it, try it, try it for a week, and come tell me how you feel. Just exercise, and there's there is studies that say the quickest way to improve your mental health, to improve your self-esteem, is to improve your relationship with your body, and improving your relationship with your body is exercising, is treating it a little bit better. If you think, right, nothing, no change can happen until you make a decision to take action. Like change can't occur if you don't move, if you don't don't decide nothing, if you don't try anything. In order to try or execute an idea or make an action happen, you got to move this, you got to walk somewhere, you got to pick something up, you got to talk to somebody. So this is a vessel in it. That's the way I see the body. It's a vessel to carry you to execute your ideas okay so like the mind's a powerful thing mm-hmm. now someone that's suffering from depression anxiety or wherever it is wants to go to the gym let's just talk about someone that's depressed like yeah. struggling to get out of bed yeah okay they've managed to get to the gym they've had that good day but then they're gonna go back home they're gonna go back into bed and they're gonna feel like crap again mm-hmm. you know you know there's people that say the hardest part of like training and stuff is getting to the gym yeah not actually working out because once you've got to the gym, half the battle's done. Mm-hmm. What would you? Ha- what advice would you give? Like practical advice would you give to someone that's not feeling it? You mm-hmm. know, you know, even though that they'll know that it's at the end of. I'm probably talking from my own experience, like because mm-hmm. at one point in my life, babe, you could like throw anything at me, like I'd handle it. Mm-hmm. I'll still go to the gym. Like I used to, when I like prime example, I used to have the dessert shop. I used to literally be there all day, every day. I was thinking I was there for like every day for a single year, for like a whole year, but I still used to, at the end, still go t- to the gym, come back. It wasn't that I even had to psych myself up mm-hmm. or I feel like this, so I'm not, it's just, it was just like a routine. I'm going to go, that's the end of it. And then I kind of found myself like, I put on a lot of weight, do you know what I mean? Like without even realizing, I started to eat, like whatever. I stopped training completely. And then, um, and then, you know, people start like looking at you like people I haven't seen in ages like mm. what's happened to you man like you yeah, loads of weight and... that's when you kind of hit me like because yeah. like, when you look at yourself every day you don't realise that bad habits that you're picking yeah, up yeah, yeah. and then when someone points it out you think oh they're just messing about and then when a few people are saying it that's when I kind of thought oh, like, what am I doing like I need to this isn't me I don't feel like myself mm-hmm. and then I've seen it affecting every other aspect of my life like I wasn't as focused I wasn't as motivated I wasn't as like energetic and then I got a PT and then that's when it kind of forced because it's, mm. it's that sense of accountability. Yeah, yeah. How, I paid how, someone so own money. Yeah. They've told me to be there at eight a.m. I have to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't give myself that kind of respect. I gave someone else that respect. 
So I paid him money And then that's what kind of Now I've started to kind of I'm not there yet mm-hmm. I know people are sitting at the screen But I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to get back in shape mm-hmm. I've still got a long way to go But what would you give to that advice That someone that's struggling to kind of like Get, get back into that mm. You know what I mean? Yeah Well first I think it's about Taking accountability For the situation that you're in mm. And sort of Looking around and thinking Okay this is where I'm at This is my starting point And yeah Things could happen to you in life traumatic things but it's like okay what now then what am I going to do about it and the key is I so for example you said you got a PT off the bat because you knew you'd be accountable to that person yeah, you knew you'd yeah, be accountable yeah. to you because you're spending money on it and whenever we spend money we naturally want to get the most out of it mm. um, and it's eliminating some of that stress for you you ain't got to think about what you're training you ain't got to think about what you're yeah, that, is you true, that is true that is true We'll eliminate, and that's what gives PTs a job. Basically, is we eliminate that stress and worry for you. You just got to show up in it, that's and then it. as soon that's as you it. show up, everything's that's left it. To the and then PT, we take over, and you know, if you've got a decent PT, they make you feel comfortable. They learn about you, what motivates you, because each person motivated by different things, mm. um, and they draw the best out of you. And they can comfortability is a key thing that I think a lot of people miss. Like your client needs to be comfortable in order mm. to be vulnerable, and that's how you get growth. So, mm. like my idea i will go back to your original question but my yeah. idea of the pt studio is i created a private environment mm. where people can come no matter whether they're a millionaire whether they're an entrepreneur whether they're just starting the journey just finishing whatever they leave that persona at the door and they step into an environment where there isn't eyes on them there isn't then gotta be worried about who's there or who's gonna walk in the gym or what people's watching them you know yeah 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 execute because i think that's form. a big thing that yeah, people don't realize in it so a lot, a lot of the things i've realized obviously doing this for a few years now is People struggle with the gym from lack of knowledge, lack of confidence, lack of accountability. They um, don't know what to do when they get there. They can't be asked. They can't drag themselves. They, they just can't get themselves to the gym. Or they're too worried about what people, other people are looking at them while they're at the gym. They're usually the three yeah. main things. Um, so what you're doing by getting a PT is, like I said, holding accountable so you're turning up. Then you've got, then you've got to worry about eyes on you or people looking at you. Um, and then what that does is if you've got a good PT who learns... because. This is one of this is my only talent, I'd say. I'm not one of these like super bookworm PTs or scientific. I know people and I know how to treat different people differently. I know this person motivated by this, this person motivated by that. And I make people comfortable. It doesn't matter who you are, like mm. that's left at the door, you step in, and if you're comfortable, you can be vulnerable. And like I've had like, you know, powerful men who are you know owning multi million pound businesses come in and just be relaxed and just and they tell me things that they've never told no one it's almost like it's like a training therapy session isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that was the idea of the gym like you leave who you are at the door you come in you be vulnerable you work on you in the dark in silence nobody watching and then okay. you can take that with you and boom you pop out like wow fucking hell when did he get in shape go back to your first question is understanding that no matter what it is that's keeping you in bed what's got you down and this is one thing I learned like I used to just think that life was just shit like, I just yeah. thought this is just how life is I'd wake up and not want to get out of bed you can from my personal experience always trace it back to triggers there's something that led you to wake up like that whether it's something obvious like you know your parents splitting up or whatever mm. or maybe it's something more subtle the way your partner treats you and comments they say there's always a trigger you can trace it back to that mm. and these bad habits you're 100% responsible for the learned behavior. All habits are learned behavior. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's a beha- like a, a way of co- it's a coping mechanism. You do it to deal with something. Maybe it's just because you got 
low self-worth and self-esteem you don't care about yourself so you just think fuck it i'll just eat junk food and drink fizzy pop all the time i don't give a shit but really truthfully you do because there's a reason why you don't feel good mm. you know what i'm saying until you start understanding these kind of things and understanding you're the only person who can fix that no one's going to come in your life no one's going to come pull the duvet off you you know and inject that into you that willingness to change you've got to come to that yourself mm. and it does for me personally and we spoke about this just before we started the podcast I hit rock bottom when I left the military, which was a massive shock to me because I was in such a dark place when I was in there. Yeah. I thought it couldn't possibly get worse. I, thought, I blame the military for everything. Oh, it's the oh, military's reason. Okay. I'm feeling shit because I'm in the military still. Life will be great when I get out and I can train, see my friends and train all the time and, yeah, and yeah, become yeah. a PT and do all these things. And when the military spat me out, I lost all my structure, all my routine, my discipline. And I had all these ambitions and goals that I was going to do with all this free time. And then I wasn't utilising any of it. I won't get out of bed till 1pm. And I didn't have a job at the time. Um, and I just found myself like even lost because I was like, life was going to be great when I got out. Why isn't it great? It's that expectation. The expectation, like... falling on my ass. But then what it really was, I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a reason to get out of bed. Because with that, with the military, at least you had some sort of like structure. Yeah, you, yeah. You knew what you're gonna do for the yeah, day. Yeah, there's, there's there's goals yeah. laid out for you, and it there's things and you've got to achieve. That and, got taken away from you, and yeah. now you're like, and now they give it all back to me. And obviously, yeah. which is like normal life, really. But for the last four years, I hadn't really thought about that. And it weren't until I clicked. I was like, I got no reasons to get out of bed. That's why I'm unha- like, that's why I don't get out of bed. And then that leaves the door open to other feelings to come in and then you start overthinking things and you get on this downward spiral. So how, how did you manage to get out of that place then? Because so I'm sure there's was, a lot of people out there that are thinking yeah. like, I'm at that place where I'm strong. Even like it's because you, like you were ambitious. You mm-hmm. had loads of things that you wanted to do, mm-hmm. but yet you were just like... But I was like, I was trapped in my own mind almost. Like I felt like my life was an autopilot and I knew all these things I wanted to do, but I just didn't know how to even start them. Like step one was getting up at a decent time. And I remember one friend coming around, just being like, "Jaw man, what the fuck are you doing? Let's go to the gym." And I got in his car and I went to the gym. And I come out of the gym and I was like, "Oh, feel feel a little bit better." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "Okay, the days that I train, I feel better than the days that I don't." Then I started clocking. Well, I'm training at like seven, eight p.m. at night, so I'm only feeling good for like a couple of hours. Then I'm on wired, and because I'm getting out of bed late, I'm staying up late, playing fucking FIFA or scrolling on my phone or whatever. So. I was like, so if I trained a bit earlier, then I'd feel better for longer, innit? Like, surely that's the way it works. Mm. So then I started setting my alarm. And I thought, right, all I'm going to do now is just get up a little bit earlier. So I started getting up at 11, having breakfast, going to the gym. Then I was feeling good for the rest of the day. And then, like, then it, that alarm kept getting earlier. And then I was getting my workout in sooner. And then I was feeling better for long periods of time. And when you feel good, you get more clarity. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're not stopping yourself. You're not standing in your own way. So then I started going, ah, oh, actually, I wanted to st- I started like a little clothing label, um, printing like vests and t-shirts and stuff. And then I got a job as a PT. And then just things, start- I started building. So I, I put the the sort of limiting, um, dark kind of thoughts and mindset and moods to the side just long enough for me to do something positive. Then that built a little bit of momentum. Then I got a bit of a platform. Then I started building on that. And then and your then confidence just, grew like that. Then your confidence starts to grow. So they say like, like confidence, courage, they say like it can't be like people just think, oh, I'm not a very confident person. I'm just not courageous. That can all be taught. Okay. It can all okay. be learned. 
And what you need to do first is just accept that like with anything you try, you're not going to be very good at it. Yeah. But then you need to find a way to be consistent and you need to be comfortable and that con- comfortability comes from being consistent with something so you, like you start off you're a bit shit you go in the gym it's a massive idea idea you think everyone's looking at you oh my god how to do a squat or you go to a boxing gym everyone's gonna be better than me and you just keep turning up and you slowly start getting a bit less shit then you get a bit more comfortable in that surrounding mm. then your confidence starts to grow and then you can keep moving on just to keep moving on from the next levels i like that another thing that you've spoken about recently which some might think is a bit of a taboo uh, topic mm. is porn addiction mm. so i know you spoke about that and i know you got a lot of a few comments yeah <laughs> on either side so what was this about so so where, where's your stance on sort of the whole so first of all when i made that video <laughs> and put it online because again like i forget that sometimes that i obviously something i make a change in my life or do something and it has such a positive amazing effect on me i get excited to share it with the world and then I realised like not everybody's there or not everybody's in seat from my perspective. Oh, yeah. And I suppose to some degree that's like um, I'm a bit ignorant to it. But like it's all from good intention and from a good place. So I made this video, right, because I've abstained from watching porn for nearly two years now. Um, and it had such, my mental health has never been so good. Obviously there's other factors like my life's picking up momentum and I'm, I'm you know, filling my purpose and things like that. But this was a thing you can change pretty much immediately that has a great effect. And it, at least it has on me. Like when I used to do it and watch porn and afterwards I'd lie there and I got tissue in my hand and I'd just be like, I'm a fucking loser, man. Like, what am I doing? And what actually started was I broke up my missus at the time and I was just imagining her getting beat out and I'm here beating my meat and I was just like, nah, this has got to change. What am I doing? Yeah. Like this has got to change, man. Like this can't be it. Yeah. Um, and immediately like, I'm sh- I know guys listen to this now. Like, and it's, I know it's a taboo thing because the hateful comments or like the negative comments or the negative perspectives were, were in the comments, the DM, the positive messages and the inquiries were in my DMs and it. Yeah. So like, I understand it's an uncomfortable topic for people to talk about, but we all know how it feels like afterwards when you're just lying there and like you get that post not clarity and you're just thinking, I'm in a room by myself. Especially like if you're someone who hasn't even chatted to a female in a while, it's like yeah. you start thinking, what the fuck? And it doesn't feel good. And it, for me, it almost just become habit. It was like, oh, I'll go into bed now, I'll do that and go to sleep. Mm. and then I started thinking like what, why am I doing that because it's instant gratification versus long term reward so in that moment of like weakness which is what it is really I'm giving into that desire knowing that it's going to be brief spike of like pleasure dopamine hit followed by a sense of like unworthiness and yeah, like just low do you know I mean? so why like, am I yeah. doing something to myself that I know in the instance going to give me sort of like gratification and feel good but long term is going to make for me like feel a, worse. For like a few seconds and then versus like it. a whole like... This is it. And that is kind of like discipline personified. Like, you know, it's you know not having that snack because while you're tasting it, it's going to feel good. But then after you're going to feel shit. You're going to feel shit. moving you away from your goal. And it's soon as I start seeing things from that kind of perspective, it's like, okay, so I should just eliminate that because it's only really my bad habit or my weakness or my lack of willpower that's causing me to repeat that kind of offence in it. Um... So obviously I didn't just do it one night and go, oh, it's great. Everyone should stop. I did this for 18 months. Do you know what I mean? So, Did I've, you do any research into it? Like, I've seen like videos and stuff. Like, again, I'm not really like a research okay. guy. I'm more you of just a try it guy. Whatever works, works for you. This you is it. Like yeah. I'll hear something. I think, oh, that's, I'm, cu- I'm a curious person, like naturally. And I'm skeptical. Like I don't believe things. You can't just tell me something. And I'm going to take that for okay, yeah, okay, as yeah. well. I'm going to go try that myself. So 18 months I didn't do it for. And it just, 
and the desire's gone now. I wouldn't even think about doing it now. And really, when you think about it, it's like you're stimulating your brain with artificial sex. If you have, you know, had sex, you know there's a clear distinction between yeah. you know, masturbation, watching porn, and actual sex with okay. a partner. Do you know what I mean? And your body knows that. And like being stimulated by artificial sex just isn't good for you. And what I was finding is that spike of dopamine, that good feeling, you can't end up chasing it. And then yeah. sometimes, like, you want to, and I know people watching this now, you're not even really horny watching it, uh, thinking about it. You don't get horny thinking about it. You just do it for that hit of, oh, that good yeah, feeling yeah, at the yeah, end, yeah, yeah. it? And you're so, like, a habit as well. This is it. You're doing it for that one spike of dopamine. That's it. And, then... and you're just chasing that high all the time. So, really, it's like a drug. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You're doing something that, for a high, that makes you feel shit after. And it's like, that's basically what a bad habit is in, in its entirety. So, um, so when you think of it like that, it's like, this doesn't really serve me. It's not actually good for me. And what I was finding when I started abstaining, um, I was getting pleasure from normal things like that first cup of coffee in the morning, made me feel good. Getting to work on time or five minutes early, like I was buzzing mm. to like do that. I wasn't waking up in the morning and be like, uh, you know, like snoozing yeah, yeah, my yeah, alarm yeah. and fucking- Just sluggish, Just lethargic. like rolling through the day, like feeling lethargic. I was getting after things and I was, getting a like, good conversation would make me feel good. Whereas when you constantly got that spike of dopamine and feel good in your life all the time, they they seem a bit numb. Like you don't mm. really get nothing from them. And this is coming from, and I think this links into, I will go back to the in, the social yeah. media stuff in a second, but this links to like what I think a lot of people's problems are in the world. They live a hedonistic life where they seek pleasure and avoid discomfort. Yeah. It's always about fast food. It's always about pornography gambling going out and drinking all these things that give you a brief um, instant gratification instant gratification but the long term is negative it's happening a lot more now especially it's, with the world that we're living in now mm -hmm. you know i think it's the habits that we're getting taught over time with like technology and stuff mm -hmm. like that instant like that will give you a spike like even i find myself sometimes like i post something and then i'm, I'm literally like checking every two minutes oh yeah i've got this minute yeah and over time, like, what am i doing like sometimes spend, you, do, you, just, you don't even know you're doing yeah it. exactly you to yeah. check an email next minute you're scrolling through and you're like what the fuck what am i doing here and like even with this porn addiction like i just had a quick brief like because i know we was going to talk about it in the podcast so I, I quickly had a look online what they're sort of just statistics were like it's gone up from like ten and a half thousand so there's this like um organizations that help with like addiction mm -hmm. stuff like this they've had like ten thousand five hundred people in like 2020 and it's gone up to like what was it like thirty thousand or something like like it's going up massively mm -hmm. like people are starting to understand like it's becoming an addiction mm -hmm. like and it's a problem yeah it's so accessible. Yeah. It's easily accessible. You can just, anyone can go on it. Kids can get it. And what I always think in life is, if something is free, there's always a cost in it. So yeah. why is that so accessible? You need to just think that, why is it so easy for me to do that and numb myself into not having to go out and approach a potential partner because I can just go home and you, like mm. Google my biggest fantasy and have that satisfied. Do you know what I mean? Like what's, why, what's that doing to me? And what's that causing? What effect does that have? So the reason I got backlash was because... I made this video thinking it's just going to be great. Like I thought, this yeah, was great it was going to be. Like yeah, I posted yeah, with like yeah. optimistic. Oh, people! I didn't think people would be so passionate about defending porn, bro. Like, I was like, <laughs> fucking hell! I was like, yo, okay. A lot of people going, ah, oh, you know, being so open about things. I was like, whoa, all right, bro. Like, chill out. And women Caught too. Guard, Some woman yeah. said, uh, actually, I have to have a wank so I get a boost of dopamine, which then allows me to go to the gym, which then makes me get endorphins after and have a good day. I was sat there and I was like. Well, how about 
you cut the wank out and you just go to the gym and do something constructive and get that feeling anyway. Yeah. And you don't need to, because that's a learned behavior. You, she now has it in her head that she has to watch porn and masturbate to go to the gym. It's part of her routine you don't, now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You don't. You could go to the gym. You might not want to. And mm. you might think, oh, that's long. But when you get there and you train and you come out, you'll notice you have the exact same effect whether you had the fucking wank or not. Mm. And there's so many like questions about like one person said to me, well, uh, porn and masturbating is proven to prevent prostate cancer. I was like, brother, that's like telling me that junk food's proven to prevent starvation. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, how about you just eat healthy? Or how about you just yeah, yeah. don't wank and have sex? Yeah, yeah, or, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, but the, what I said was, and people like to, especially these keyboard sort of people, these like social media people, is they love to latch onto one point that doesn't sound quite right. And obviously, it was a brief video. It was like a 20-second video. And yeah, I, I remember. Got quick. Across, you got to yeah, be quick. You, you know, yeah, I can't yeah. sit there and be like, right, guys, today we're yeah, going to... Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? People are off to switch off. And the first opening comment was, it's lowering your testosterone. And the studies online, with any argument on this planet, you can find for and against studies, whatever you choose to Google and whatever yeah, you land yeah, on. Yeah. There's studies that say it does, like the actual act of like masturbating and orgasm. And there's studies that say it don't. That's not what I was referring to. What I was referring to is, let's take, for example... Um, a young male in his room in the dark watching porn it's getting progressively like probably darker because remember like the more you do something you build like a resilience and people it's like a slippery slope but then you're watching porn stars selected for the way they look so you're watching dudes with big choppers you're watching women with BBLs and stuff which is giving you an unrealistic expectation of what sex and life's going to be like now all of a sudden you've got people watching porn growing insecure maybe about their own yeah, you know, yeah, bodies yeah. and their own body parts and then like the women that they can attract and nothing like the women in these videos so that's lowering their self-esteem mm. but then they're still having to chase it because that's now they've got themselves in a place where they're not going out and even talking to women or their confidence is so low that lowers your testosterone yeah. and then you're not exercising because you feel fatigued you feel a bit shit and you feel like what's the point um and what's when getting into that cycle is only going to have a negative effect rather than if you preserve that energy and you think, so for example, what I said to one of my friends was, you know, if you go home every night and say you're single and you ain't got a partner and you go home every night and you watch porn, you masturbate, obviously you're doing it because you're getting aroused like you want to meet a partner and you want to have sex, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, And that desire in you is what drives you to go out and speak to a woman or, or yeah, a guy. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're not doing that because you can just go home and satisfy that desire artificially on your phone. You're replacing it. You're replacing with, it. Yeah, yeah. So what happening is you've got less men. I mean, I'm, obviously I'm speaking from my perspective, I'm a man, um, approaching partners or potential partners because it's scary or they don't rate themselves. So they're just going home and doing what, their habit is they know best but what happens is you need to go approach that partner and you need to get shot down you need to go oh she's nice he's nice go chat to them not fucking interested see you later mate and then you think why doesn't that person want me maybe it's because I get out of bed at 1pm I live at my mum's I'm out of shape I've got no drive I don't have any peas there's so many things you can work on and my friend come back to me and went that's alright for you because you're good looking I said but we live in a world where looks isn't everything you can increase your value through multiple things, yeah, yeah. through your status is the, one of the biggest things that people find attractive. You know, your finances, your, can you provide and protect? Like there's yeah, so I think, many I think with things. looks, it's like, you, you can get them interested, but mm-hmm. what's going to keep them yeah. is how you are as a person. If you've got nothing else to offer, yeah, like yeah. it's like, 
you'll be just good for that one night and then exactly. they won't want to know you again. But yeah. what's happening is men aren't going through that process because they're not putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. They're not getting mm. used to it because we live in a world now where, and this is why it relates back to my previous, when you asked me what would I recommend the military, I recommend hardness, like picking the hard route because that gets you used to being uncomfortable. I think it builds, you, it builds yourself as a person. It builds yeah, character. 100%. There's a quote I always like to say, and I've said this a few times on the podcast, a smooth sea doesn't create a skillful mm. sailor. 100%. 100%. And, it's uh, like the guys who get the, the crypto millionaires of a night. Yeah, they don't know yeah. even know how to manage that money. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, the you know there's a there's been a few instances where people have won the lottery mm. and, you know, they've been broke. They were probably on like JSA or whatever it's called now, Universal Credit. They've won the lottery, but after a few years, they're back on Universal Credit again because they haven't built those life, they haven't learned those life lessons, they mm. haven't built those skills, they haven't learned about financial, you know, uh, like investing in this place, investing in that place. So you're right, you know, because they haven't built that character, these crypto people, they're just going to end up broke again yeah. if they if they don't manage it properly. That's it. And obviously, we live in a life where all the things that make you uncomfortable, there's some kind of diluted version that's easily accessible that but doesn't provide mm. you with any kind of value or growth. So, like, rather than going out and pulling or attracting a, a partner, you can just go home and masturbate. Mm. Or, you know, rather than cooking a nice nutritious meal, you can just order something delivery. Do you know what I mean? It, we just live in a world where things are easily accessible. It's just it's just convenience, but that doesn't develop you. That doesn't build nothing. You don't learn nothing. You don't grow. You don't change. Discipline is another thing. And it's like, when you don't feel like doing something, you still got to do it. Because yeah. if we let our feelings dictate what we're doing, we're just going to end up, like you said, mm -hmm. just ordering that takeaway. Yeah. You're not going to want to go to the gym. Um, you know, there's not many people that find the gym that fun. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's hard work. You go there, but you're doing it for the results, for how you're feeling, like you said. Um, so I always find discipline. So what would you give to someone that's struggling with their discipline? Because mm. discipline, yeah. Again, it's a it's a skill. It needs to be trained. So start easy, man. Like the biggest advice I can give is people get fed up with themselves where they're at in life. Like something's happened to them, like a breakup. And they go, right, that's it. I'm joining a gym. I'm changing jobs. I'm getting a nutrition plan. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah. supplements. I'm getting new gear. It's too much of a lifestyle change. You're setting yourself up for a fail. And this is where I'm against the all or nothing mentality. So you get people who are doing all these things and for a couple of weeks they're on and they're like, yeah, I've got this. I'm on this training plan. Like how many people, you yourself, I've done it as well. Where I'm like, I'm literally I'm on this like that. I'm all or nothing guy. This is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing beats consistency, consistency in this world. Yeah. Nothing will trump that. And results come from consistency. You're better off doing three decent sessions a week for mm. the next six months than doing six super intense ones for six weeks. That makes sense, 100%. Do you know what I mean? Because the all or nothing mentality is great when you're on, when you're all in, but then it's how when you're all out, man. Oh, and I think then everything comes back in. Your, your drive, your work ethic, your mood, your mental health, everything's like, susceptible then. It's, it, can be, it can be reached then. It, and it's like, so what I always say to people is just be realistic, build it steadily over time. So say, okay, I want to get more disciplined. Um, it's about winning those micro battles. So in the morning when your alarm goes off, that's the best one. It's the hardest one, yeah, but it's yeah. also the easiest one to start, sort of challenge. Start with. <clears throat> get the fuck up. Don't snooze. The way I do that, because I'm one of them people who, if my phone's at arm's length, man, I'll turn it off without even knowing I've done it. And I wake up and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. So I put my phone out of the bed. I don't take my phone to bed with me. It goes on, do not disturb, my alarms go on. I, I live in an apartment, so I have an ensuite. It goes in the bathroom. So when it goes off... You have to get up. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I have to get up and I walk into the bathroom and then you've got that quick battle where it's like the sink's there, brush your teeth or take your phone, go back into the warm and it, 
if you can't win that battle for yourself, then yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you really need to start having a think. Um, but that's a great place to start because if you win that first battle, you're building momentum for the day. I like just that. do that. Mm. Just focus on that and don't make it too unrealistic. And don't go right from tomorrow. I'm waking up at five a.m. If you get out of bed at nine, say right from tomorrow. I'm getting up at half eight. That's all. I'm gonna, half an hour more. I'm just gonna give myself half an hour more in my day, and start with that. Then you can add, introduce new things. Like I've got like a set morning routine now. Um, and you can start implementing things like maybe doing like a stretch or going for a walk or making a coffee or reading, reading anything like that. Just build it up slowly. Because what I used to do was like look at someone who I'm inspired by online and mimic his morning routine for bait. So yeah. all of a sudden I'm getting up at 5 a.m. and I'm doing a mile run and then I'm coming back and doing 100 push ups and then I'm doing this and that and reading and yoga and meditating mm. and. It's too much, man. It, is, it, is. it becomes a chore. I'm laughing because I'm literally that guy that was sort of like, okay, from tomorrow, mm. this is it. My whole life is going to change. Yeah. And then I'll stick with it for like one or two days and then my old habits will start creeping back in and then that's it. I'm back to like zero again. Yeah. And you get to a place where eventually you get fed up of being fed up, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You get fed up of, you don't even back yourself. Like you say you're going to do something like, a lot of people mm. at the gym, like I see with a lot of people, like they go, right, I'm going to train after work tonight. And it gets to work, like, oh, I'm tired. I'll get up early in the morning and I'll go. You're just lying to yourself. And until yeah. you can respect your own word, nothing's going to change, man. Mm. And you have to like prove it to yourself. You can't just decide, right, that's it. I'm going to be this efficient, driven entrepreneur and I'm going to have all my shit in order. It don't work like that. You don't work like you that. You have to yeah, build yeah. it like a, you have to work it like a muscle. Mm. And it's like when, like routine now, like I'm in a good routine. Like I get up in the mornings, I do my cold showers, I do my morning routines and all these things. And what I realised as well, kind of, I was an all or nothing person as well. And what I spent, what I realised was I was wasting a lot of time because when I was on, life was great and I felt like I could take on the world and I can start this business, I can do that. When I'm off, I didn't feel capable of anything. Like everything was an uphill battle, getting out of bed was difficult. And then I spent like a lot of time in this limbo period where I wasn't either on or off. I was transitioning, you know what I mean? Like I was either slipping and then I fell into yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. off. Or then I was trying to get out the off and I'm back on again. And I stopped and I thought, how much time am I wasting? Like my business isn't moving along while I'm trying to get myself into a good routine. It's just maintaining, isn't it? You're just doing the bare minimum. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, so I realised that the easy part is getting on, become, getting into the all part. The hard part is staying there. Yeah, is yeah. learning how to maintain. And the way you maintain is by not putting too much pressure on it and not letting yourself bullshit yourself and say like, you know, if you've had a long day and say you part of your evening routine is to brush your teeth before bed and you go, ah, oh, you know, I'm a bit, a bit tired, man. I'll just brush yeah. them when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Nah, man, that's the start. You yeah, lose that yeah, battle. Yeah. The next thing, you're skipping a gym session. Yeah, the yeah, next yeah. thing, you're getting out of bed late. It's a downward the next spiral, thing, it? someone's left your company because you've been an idiot. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's... You've got to know when to spot those little battles and conquer them. I like what you said in your content as well, that it's, for you, it's like a lifestyle now mm-hmm. rather than a goal that you have to reach. And then, yeah. you know, because that's what a lot of people do is they'll say, okay, I've got a holiday booked in six months. And I think I don't think it's a bad thing for having a motivation, mm-hmm. but it's like they'll, they'll get there and then they'll fall back off again yeah. and they'll get there and then they'll fall back off yeah. again. So like, is that something that you recommend? It's like having that lifestyle mm-hmm. of like, it's very sustainable. Do you know what I mean? So it's not you're not overwhelming yeah. yourself. Where it's like, so first thing I always say to clients, and this is like, I am more of a sort of lifestyle approach to training plans and nutrition plans. I say, when I give you your plan, look at it and say, can I do this for the rest of my life? If not, then we need to tweak it. Okay. Because anyone could do something for thirty days and get in great shape, 
and eat boiled chicken and rice and sweet potato and mince and you know yeah, yeah, not yeah. be looking forward to meals and tired yeah. and fatigued because they're in a calorie deficit web you can do that like you can you because you, you you got the goal at the end you got the holiday oh, I'm going to look great on holiday yeah, or yeah, yeah. I'm going to look great for the photo shoot or whatever but then what happens after you haven't learned anything sustainable so you just revert back to your old habits then you, mm. you pile in pizzas and junk food and you just go back to where you was and the next thing you've got to start another 30 day challenge mm. so I always say like and this goes with your morning routines, your training plans. Make it sustainable first, and start with little things. Introduce stuff. You ain't got to conquer Rome in one day, man. Like you ain't got. Mm. You just you just take tackle one thing I at a like time. That. I like that. Um, and this is something I've done with clients who, you know, a lot of this stuff I can't record because it's personal, personal and yeah, people I work with as well. I don't necessarily want to be recorded, but I've coached people through drug addictions, um, and they were again coming all or nothing. Uh, you know the, that I had a kid and now they need to change their lifestyle yeah, yeah. and I want this 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 I said fuck all of that just turn up and see me three times a week don't even want you to think about nutrition carry on drinking carry on doing what you're doing just come and see me three times a week that's all you gotta do and they're like what and they're like they're expecting me to be like right you're eating your broccoli and your fucking rice and your no 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 because I know he'll do that for a little bit and then he'll fuck it up inevitably because it's not yeah, part yeah. of his lifestyle. Then he'll be too ashamed to come and tell me. Then he'll ignore me, not turn up to his PT session. Mm. And then I've lost him. And then he's not gained anything. Because so all you got to do, you can carry on drinking, you can carry on doing drugs, you can stay up all night, do whatever you want. Just come and see me those three times a week. And what that did is it built consistency in his life. And that then builds a foundation because then he naturally started going, coming home from the gym and be like, oh, I'm tired, man. Like, oh, I might just go to bed, you know, rather than cracking open a bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah. And it took a long time, but six months later, this guy came into me one day and he put his hand out and he shook my hand. And I'm like, I suddenly went, this was the first morning I got up hangover, hungover, hangover free, not on a come down. I got my daughter out of bread, bed. I made breakfast with her and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And now I see what it's all about and I see like how life can be good. It took six months to get to that. And I still never give him a nutrition plan because I just wanted him to turn up. And like, I wouldn't let him bullshit me. I said, we were working respect thing. Do you know what I mean? That's something comes amazing, up with work, man. something comes up with work. But like, don't lie to me because you're lying to yourself. And as soon as you get in the habit of lying, you way out of things. You never take accountability. You never get made to feel uncomfortable. You just bullshit your way around life and ultimately bullshit yourself. And then you stunt your own growth in it. So just be honest. Mm. If you fuck up and you, you get, you know, you're steaming the night before, if you can turn up, be hungover and I'm going to make it hell for you. Do you know what I mean? But just be honest and take responsibility because it's not me. I don't care. I'm getting paid. Do you know what I mean? If you turn yeah, up or yeah, not, yeah, yeah, that yeah, I was yeah. paid for. It's you you're lying to. And you got to hold yourself accountable and you got to build consistency. That's powerful, man. That's powerful. Mm. I and like that's that. when I realised, one, I'm fucking good at what I do. <laughs> yeah, but also, yeah. like, I love what I do. This is what it's about for me. The abs, yeah, yeah, cool. The, the bigger bum, yeah, I'm happy for you. I want to change your life, innit? That's what I like doing. I like someone coming in and when they first start, they're walking and the shoulders low and they're not very confident. And after being around me and spending an hour with me multiple times a week, they start thinking different. I start like challenging the beliefs they've got because of the people around them, their family members, their friends or whatever. That's what I like doing, rewriting their code in it. And then you that. see what they go on and do. And it's just, and now like the word of mouth spread and now I've got this clientele. Like I remember one point I was chatting to this guy and he was asking me about what to do about his divorce. And he's a millionaire, bro. And he's sat on my bench in the gym. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm just a PT, man. What, why are you listening to me? But the thing is, like, these people, 
when do they ever get into position where you know work the they treat you like the big yeah. man at home they treat like the husband you know what I mean they come in here they can leave it all the door and I'll just chat to them and I call them out on their bullshit yeah yeah you're just you real with everyone that's it, it. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. I just see say it how I see it and a lot of these people that are successful they find they haven't got those people around them they've got yes men in it mm. so they've got no one telling them actually you're being a dickhead or actually you're lying to yourself mm. and then they think fuck and I the mean, answers are all within us, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You just it's like sometimes to... they need to hear that from someone yeah. and everyone around them so scared to say like anything negative yeah. or just to be real with them. And, that's, nah, that's... See, and it's not like I'm the, I like get a thrill out of being the guy who can like, oh, I'm a straight talker and oh, yeah. I don't care. I say what I think. No, I just care about you and your development. And if I think that you're lying to yourself, I think something I could say might hurt you in the initial or piss you off. But in the long run, you're going to be better off for it. I'm going to say it. Like I do that for my friends, my family, my partners. Um, you know. So you you've started out to be a PT, mm-hmm. and now you know. Um, fair play to you've you've managed to sort of start your own um, studio. So let's talk a little bit about that before we wrap up the yep. podcast. So how has that transition been like? Because obviously I know you've mentioned uh, briefly, like you know, having your own um, studio now is it's a different ball game now, mm. isn't it? Because you've got other things to kind of look after now yeah. and bills need to be paid and yeah. stuff like that. So like, how, how are you finding that whole transition? Um, I massively underestimated it. Like with anything in my life, like the military, the even becoming a PT at first, doing the course and stuff. And, you know, like I've just got this thing where I'll just throw myself into stuff and figure it out. You know, I had no sort of role models or no one with like real business acumen around me at the time. I have now since I've opened the gym. But I also had a bit of foresight. Like I kind of knew I was getting better direction in my life. So just before we touch on to the gym stuff, I just finished a three and a half year stint running nightclubs. Um, so I did nightclub events. And the reason that was so crucial in my development is when I left the military, like I said, I had this like, couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I was rebuilding my structure. I was giving myself discipline and routine. And, but also my confidence was shot to pieces because I'd just been told I was useless for the last like six months. Um, and then I got into the clubs and it started to build that confidence up. But it was also ego as well, like getting attention from girls, you know, promoting, having people want to be your friends to get into the clubs and that kind of stuff. Um, and it gave me something that was missing. It gave me a bit of like a boost again. But it was quite hollow, like, because it is a hollow lifestyle. Like, everyone's your best mate without the bar doing at shots. The moment, yeah. Love you, bro. Da-da, bottles and that. But then who's there in the morning when you're hungover and you got to get up for work or, like, you know, you want to come down or whatever. And it's a slippery slope because you're around things that don't really serve you. Um, and then one day I just made the decision to this. I started thinking forwards, like, where am I going to be in five years? How am I going to raise a family doing this as a career? Did anything happen specifically while you were doing that that made you think, you know what, this isn't for me? Or no, just- again, I just went back to my sort of default of looking at the people who are ahead of me in the game um, and realising I don't want to be like them. Do you know what I mean? Like people okay. who were like in their mid-30s with kids at home, getting it in the neck from wives and stuff because they're at the club at and four just, or five yeah, in the morning, yeah. surrounded by 18-year-olds. And I was just like, this is fun, but it's, it's where does it end? Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, and and I f- looked happy on the service. It looked like I was doing well, like I had a bit of cash coming in. And, you know, I was, that's where the, like, I was like KB and everyone knows me in the club world as KB. Um, but it was time to give it up and build something sustainable and something healthy that makes me feel good. Like I was, yeah, I weren't fulfilled. And that was a big thing. I went off searching. Sure, yeah, so then yeah. I got back into the PT. And yeah, and then that drive come, it was very, Difficult at first because I give all that up. 
and all of a sudden my phone wasn't pinging off on the weekends and <laughs> there was less goals hollering me and there was less people trying to get into clubs and yeah. there was less motives and whenever anyone asked me out I was like nah I'm staying in da, da, da. and that was hard but that was ego again I realised yeah, yeah. just ego like, and I realised I had to take a step back to take two forwards so I joined a, a private gym and I set myself a goal of being the highest earning PT there I wanted to do the most hours and and then I conquered so, that. So this is at your own gym now? So no, this is at a private gym. So okay. um, originally when I left the military, I got a job at Pure Gym. I hated the commercial environment. I was back in uniform, wasn't for me. That's what pushed me into the nightclubs. Okay. And then I started making more money from the club stuff, running events than I was the PT. So that went on the back burner. Got and it. then I was just living a hedonistic lifestyle that wasn't fulfilling me and just chasing pleasure. Um, and then I switched back to the PT, but I thought, right, how can I tackle this from a different direction? I, worked, I joined a private gym. Okay, so like it's not it. commercial, yeah, it's yeah, independent, yeah. not much foot flow. You have to rely on your social media and you pull in clients. Bringing them in, yeah, yeah. And I set myself a goal. I'm going to be the highest earning PT here. Smash that. Um, then the owner of the gym got sick and he wasn't around much. There wasn't much management going on. Things started falling apart a little bit. All the PTs jumped ship. But there was a time where this guy who owned the gym, um, he... He played a pivotal role in my pivotal role in my development because it was a time where I was still in the clubs. I was transitioning, like I just started at his Got gym, you. and I was doing late nights on the weekends. I need to pay my bills, and I was doing other stuff and things I weren't proud of to make money. And I was unreliable. I was late. I wouldn't turn up because I was on a hangover, and I just wouldn't turn up to a client. They'd be sat there and shit like this. Man, like okay. I was like, you know. I was the opposite of what I am now and I, okay. I wasn't, yeah, just wasn't reliable. Just slacking at that point. And his business partner went, get rid of this guy, man. Like, he, what are we doing? Like, he's useless. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't care. And he, in that meeting, said no. He goes, there's something about this kid. Like, he's just a bit lost at the moment, but he's a good guy. And i got faith he's going to come through. Now, he could have discarded me again and I probably would have gone, you know what? I tried to make the change. didn't work out. I'll just lean we'll back do. into what I was doing. And because of that, he's faith in me. That's one thing... I've always been um, very responsive to. If someone shows me recognition or puts faith in me, I will do it more for them than I would myself. You'll show up. Anyway. Do you know what I mean? Just like I did with my family, like I started yeah. to sort my life out because no one was coming to save us. You know, my mum was struggling to rent, heat the house. I can't sit by and watch that. So I did that for her, you know what I mean? And same thing with him. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to repay you by being the highest earning PT here. Give me that focus, give me that drive. Trading the nightlife for getting up early in the morning at 6 a.m. and fucking going to the sauna and training and doing clients. And then I hit a ceiling. I was filled my diary out and I realized all I can do to make my money is raise my price. Um, there's only so many hours in a day and I was exchanging time directly for money. Um, and then what happened was he got ill, the guy who um, vouched for me, and everybody jumped ship. Like everybody went to different gyms. They were like, look, this is falling apart. It's going to go tits up. And they even I even got a lucrative offer to go work at a well-known brand's gym. Okay. And... I turned it down because I couldn't turn my back on him after he had loyalty. Yeah, he's back for me, and it. So I assumed role of gym owner. He put me on as a director while he's in hospital, and I raised um, more PTs to come on and cover the rent because obviously when the PTs left, there was no one paying the rent, yeah. so he was in arrears. So I, I went and recruited more PTs, got them paying the rent made sure he's breaking even, training his clients for him, doing mine, running things, getting it cleaned, all that kind of stuff. And then lockdown happened. But I learned two things. One, I was capable of more, of running my own gym. And two, how fragile my 
business sort of infrastructure was because lockdown come all of a sudden I had nowhere to train we wasn't allowed to fucking we were allowed yeah. to go for walks and stuff we couldn't meet up couldn't so PT was dead like you couldn't do that and this was at a time where everyone was like oh my god this is going to kill everybody and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no one knew what was going yeah, on no, yeah no like it was just mad and I went from doing 60 hours of PT a week to zero and I had responsibilities man I just got an apartment with my ex at the time um, and yeah and like I had so it made me realise how fragile my business was and I was like shit and then the gym would, I heard it wasn't going to reopen so that was done and then there was a scramble of PTs trying to find a gym because loads couldn't reopen and what happened was it's one thing I missed out when I was 21 when I come back from Africa and I saved all my money because I had one mission when I was there to save my money and get a mortgage okay. so I wanted a house like that was just my goal so at 21 I did get a mortgage and at 27 I sold it which kind of it bit me in the ass but it also led me to where I am now so prior to lockdown the lockdown happened two months later and property value shut up didn't it yeah, 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 so I would have made yeah, an extra yeah. 40k profit <laughs> on it just sold so it at the wrong time that was a stinger yeah, yeah, two yeah, months yeah. in it um, and then also I was getting double fucked because because I had all that money in the bank I couldn't apply for um, universal credit Okay. and yeah. because I wasn't registered my PT as a limited company and I wasn't working for anybody as a commercial I didn't get a furlough so I was just losing money every month. Just money going yeah, out. Yeah, it was out, out, it yeah. was hard, bro. Um, and then I just I was watching this money deplete, and I thought I've got to do something because to be honest, I spent my time in lockdown just getting stoned and just yeah, yeah, <laughs> playing yeah. FIFA. Man, like, I had a wicked ultimate team. <laughs> <laughs> I was sick at Champs Weekend, but like my life was just going down. And it was actually Tony who you had on the podcast before. He inspired me because he was living in the apartment above me, and it. Okay. And he had his floor in place, and it yeah, just started. Yeah. And he was like, "Fuck this, man! I'm going to make some money." So like really, I'd get up in the morning, have a do a little workout, have a coffee, go chill with him, get high, and he was like, then all of a sudden he was like, I'm going to work. So he'd go to work, and I'd be sat around like, what the fuck am I doing? I ain't got nothing to do. Um, so I started like a movement online. I started doing these live workouts on Instagram every day for free. And I just even more to keep myself accountable because I was getting out of shape. My mental health was depleting again. I was getting out of bed late, so I give myself structure and I held myself accountable again. Accountability is the key to everything. Um, so. I said, right, every day at 11 a.m., guys, I'm going live on Instagram. I'm just going to do my own workout, John, if you want. Some of them hit like 700 views. Then I was getting like influencers on, celebs on, and then I monotonized it. So I turned it into a private page and I charged £15 a month for a workout every day, led by me personally. And I signed loads of people up, and that was just helping like alleviate. Oh, I still in a loss. Yeah, yeah okay. I still in a loss, but like it was alleviating some of yeah, the damage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was just like, all guns blazing. I was watching Tony build a business. I was like, I need to go for it, man. And I was so I started looking around at places and lockdown was coming to an end, the first like six months stint. And that year I decided, so rather than making a new year's resolution, I pick one thing that I want to embody, like something I don't either don't like about myself that I want to change, or something I want to be like. And that year was becoming a guy that takes action. Because I was always the guy with the ideas. I was creative, but I never executed. So this space come up. And I didn't really think too much into it. I didn't really read the paperwork. I was like, yeah, boom, I'll have it. Slap the deposit down um, and got the space. And it was a state agent. So it was all like laminate flooring, polyester ceiling. And they they went through the form and I was there, like dressed for it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you ready? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Signing <laughs> yeah, it. And that. Fine, yeah. yeah, 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 that's fine. Didn't really like look at it. I was like, boom. And he just give it me. He walked me into the office. There's this little space that I'm at now. And he went, there's the keys. I went, yeah, nice one, mate. He left the room and I went, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> I was like, I sat down. It's still my thinking spot to this day. I always sit there when I've got big decisions to make. I sat down, I put my head in my hands. And I was like, oh my God, 
all my money's going to go. I've just locked in um, at least for the X amount of years worth this much. I've got rent to pay now. So on top of my rent for the flat, I had another bag 50 to start finding a month. And I was just like, oh my God, man. I had no plan. Like I had nothing, no construction plan. I had a vision. I knew what I wanted lots of like, because I've always been a visionary. But I, had, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know any builders, didn't know nothing. And so after 15 minutes of freaking out, thinking I've just gone to Afghan for no reason. My money's going to be gone. I went for that, buying a house and leaving it, sitting on it and making a profit. And then I went, okay, cool. The floor's got to come up. I don't want laminate floor in the gym in it. So I started ripping the floor. The blue wallpaper's got to come off. Rip that off. What's behind that polyester square? I was like this here. Looked in. Oh, there's another meter there. Boom, took all that down. Next minute. And then I'm like, oh, I need a skip. How do you get a skip? So I just literally took six months of that. I painted it myself. Cut the floor in myself. Tony actually helped fit in uh, the laminate flooring in the office and the toilets and stuff. Shout out Floor Street. Yeah, shout out Floor Street, man. Best in the biz. <laughs> best flooring. You're actually best in the, in the UK. game, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you if you need any flooring done in the UK, they're the guys, man. Um, and so he helped me with that, and then I got someone in for the electrics because I also couldn't fit the lights myself. And then it took six months, but I just built it, man. Just getting up. I sold my car. My apartment was pretty much opposite. And I said, right, every day I just I'm going to go in there. and I'm going to do something. I don't know what. But I'm just going to rock in. Just do something. Paint something. Yeah, yeah. Think of an idea. Buy a bit of kit. Um. And then what actually happened was lockdown come back, didn't it? Yeah, we yeah, had another yeah. stint, and, look, yeah, yeah. and I didn't plan for that because I just I was so caught up in being this action guy. Everyone's like, "Don't do it, it's lockdown." I was like, "Fuck that, man!" I've made a commitment to myself, like I'm in. And then I was, I was my outgoings were over three k a month, and like the time I was making about fifteen hundred a month. Okay. And I was just watching my money deteriorate. My relationship, with my missus started deteriorating. She lost her job as well at the time, so I was covering everything. I was just like. This is just money fucked, going out. And I found myself back in that hole again there where I was in the military where my relationship, my reality, everything was bad. But I'd been here before and it okay. I'd done the work before. So I was like, okay. I had a good look in the mirror and I said, Am I about this or not? Because I was close to just throwing in the towel on it, because I thought I'm just losing all my money. I got down to my last because so I paid my rent quarterly. Had enough for one more quarter. So I just paid it, I had enough for a quarter in the bank. And I was like, what is my options here? And I looked at myself and I was like, I'm fucking in this. Just like that time on the rugby pitch. No one's going to make me ring the bell in it. It's going to be forced upon me. Like, I'm just going to keep going until it, it's te- the option is taken away. And as soon as I made that decision myself, I felt like I was back there on the rugby field again. I knew. Even though I was suffering, I was in a dark place, I knew I was just going to keep going and find a way. So what actually happened was I looked around and started online coaching. And I looked at, there was a company I went with and they wanted three grand up front. I had £3,150 in my account for the rent. rent yeah. And I'm like, oh man. So they want this three grand up front. Then I've got three months to make that money back. And I just thought, you know what? I've got myself this far and I back myself. Like The only way this cannot work is if I don't put the work in. So I went for it. I just rolled the dice on it and I, I put this three grand down. And... So you've gone like to zero now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got no peas. <laughs> I've got zero peas, man. And I'm like, wow, okay. And bear in mind, I'm getting up at like 6, 7 a.m. I'm going in. I'm working on the gym still. I'm working all day. I'm training clients on the snide. You know what I mean? Like I'm letting people in, yeah, cash yeah, in hand yeah. here and there. Doing whatever I can to keep afloat. Keep afloat, yeah. yeah. Police are coming around, checking the gym because they're hearing reports that the gym's active and I'm having to like, you know, get they around They were just that. on it for no they're reason. They were on it. Yeah, but yeah, to yeah. be fair, one time they come in, they covered his body cameras up, like, brother, like, I hate oh, to be yeah, here. And, it, but, and then the other guy come in, he was a dickhead, do you know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, it's yeah. who you get. Council come, all sorts trying to fuck me, but I was just, 
I was too vigilant for him, man. I was ready, like, had, like, the tripod set up when they come in. Client was in the toilet like this, and the tripod was there, and I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm sweating and that. I'm like, just recording a, a live workout for social media. And, that. and they were like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, then, uh, and yeah, man, the first month, we uh, cleared just shy of three bags. Mm, coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second month, I was obviously in the green. And then the third month, I managed to pay everything off. And then the gym opened a month after that. And then the gym started like doing a bit of money. The coaching was doing well. And then, uh, yeah, man, we've just been pl- not playing sailing, but we've been on the on the rise since on then. The rise, but man. what that taught me was I've got a fucking minerals, man. Like, you know, yeah, man, when things come to the crunch, I'm on it. Do you know what I mean? And like, I will always find a way to keep moving forwards. And once you let them them emotions subside that like that doubt that fear that oh my god what's gonna happen move that to the side and this is what i said to you earlier like handle things care mentally not emotionally in it if you let your emotions run oh we're gonna lose the gym oh you know everything's gonna fail what if that coaching don't work what if this don't work da, da, da. you're gonna you, you your emotions are gonna run you in it if you lead with your logic okay okay yeah this isn't an ideal situation but stressing and worrying and getting upset about it ain't gonna help so let's move that to the side let's see what we can actually do and it takes a little bit of practice like you know you're not just gonna become like that overnight but you start to see things a bit clearer and you can start handling more and yeah you get you can get yourself out of any situation i think i think that's literally the definition of what i would call a minted mind mm. like literally because with, with with minted mind it's not the money aspect yeah. it's not the material it's literally that like you know the toughness of your mind going through obstacles in life to kind of you know from what i've known from what you've said like all that time in sort of the military and all these hard moments has made you become who you are now mm-hmm. so resilient so strong and um you know I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be able to relate to this so um for you guys watching if there's anything else you want us to sort of cover if you're happy to come on again mm-hmm. um you know we can definitely cover that but um I think we'll leave it there for this episode, man. Yep. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you very much, Abdul. So, like, a... even like listening to you now, like, I'm just reflecting upon my, my life. Like, yeah, I need to sort this out now. I yeah. need to like, you know, get back into the gym, and I, I, I feel inspired right now. And I'm sure a lot of the viewers are going to be feeling the same. So, you know, yeah. again, thanks for, for thanks no, for thanks having me, man. I hope, like, you know, I've come at a point like I've seen your other guests and there's a lot of successful guys and there's a lot of people doing a lot of great things and the businesses are flying and I'm not quite there yet I'm sort of reporting to you live from the trench and it's <laughs> but hopefully some of my stories and the things I've overcome like I've got value in a lot of like experiences and I've been put into a lot of hard situations so I wanted to come on here and I ain't talking about like how much money the business is doing or how we're doing now like I know where I'm going to go and hopefully when I come back on a later date we'll uh I have no doubt I literally have yeah. no doubt I guarantee you know in the next year two years or however long you will you will get there and yeah. you know we'll do another podcast and we yeah, can man. talk about nah, I'd, 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 I'd love that bro and I just wanted to really come at an angle for anyone who's in the grind right now because it's it's good when you've got the inspiring stories from people who made it yeah, yeah, yeah not many stories from people who are currently there side by side of you and it going yeah, through yeah, it yeah, so of course, man. i wanted to come on and just sort of nah, share you know i'm 100 man I, again i appreciate it thanks for taking the time out again i know there's a lot of people that are going to be if people want to, re- want to reach out to mm-hmm. you um are you taking clients on at the moment so me personally my diary is closed okay um but i have a team of uh, coaches who have all handpicked they're trained with my ethos and we're sort of 
we all follow the same sort of coaching methods okay. and they've all been picked for their emotional intelligence. So part of the interview um, structure I have, I do say in the interview, I'm going to ask you some personal questions. Like you don't feel like you need to answer them, but it gives me a better understanding of who you are as a person rather than a trainer. And I say to them, can you give an example of a time you've overcome trauma, a dark time, what you've done to coach yourself out of it? So my diary is always chopping and changing. There is slots, but I always encourage people just reach out to me, speak to me. You'll always deal with me. So if you do want to come and have a consultation, no strings attached, it will be me delivering that. And then we look at your availability, you know, what sort of, um, what your goals are. And then I find you the best fit okay. based out of, okay, we've got, so we've got a team good, of myself and three coaches. So the, it might be me, but the chances are it'd be somebody else. And if people want to reach out, how would they be able to contact you? So you can either hit me straight on my social media if you want to talk directly to me. It's um, at what would KB do? Um, or you can go straight to my website, which is kb-performance.co.uk and there's a lead form on there and you can just drop your details in and I'll personally be in touch with you. Perfect. Right, guys, um, if you've liked this episode, then please like and subscribe to the channel and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Thanks, guys.